Hi, I'm Chris Claremont. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics and hopefully reading one of mine. <laughs> Awesome. I really like that. It sounded a little French to me. Well, yeah, I had to put that little fleur de lis at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Considering the the land to which we'll be traveling, where they all speak French, obviously. We should have had champagne. Oh, that would have been nice. Or Jason could have made the Dom Mimosas. Dom Mimosas. It's been a minute. Yeah. It has. Bring back memories. That was great. Well, you know, it's the road to 800. It's the road yeah, to dude, the final curtain. Weak. Yeah. It's freaking weak. The final curtain. Yep. <laughs> the final countdown. Going out in French. Mm hmm. Hey, everybody. It's 11 o'clock comics episode. Are you sitting down? 799. And I am Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Indeed, y'all are, and you are sitting down having a drink at my bar, The Princess, because I'm Mr. O'Donnell. Oh, I thought you were going to say you're Lindsay. I would be licking you. I would be mm. licking you all over. But you're not O'Donnell. You are suave. You are. But you're not O'Donnell. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Here, today, right now, to talk it up. On our book of the month, which is Wolverine Epic Collection Volume One, Madripoor. Guys that, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Madripoor Nights. That's it. Not not. It, I, worst disguise ever is what I was going to call it, but yeah, Madripoor Nights is what the actual title is. I don't think it, it probably would have sold just as well if they called it Worst Disguise Ever. <laughs> they they could have they could have called it Do 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 Da Da Da, and it still would have sold very very. I well. mean, let's if we're calling it if we're calling. Uh, everything fair down the line here the worst costume ever is is superman wearing glasses <laughs> no it isn't it's not it's a completely different look because he's slouching he's not it, 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 it is not dude i'm serious <laughs> he's built I'm, like triple h dude no no I mean, it all depends on. on how you carry yourself it's not it's not the worst disguise we'll, but there we'll there is to... there's a neat little bit of commentary in here in that yes kal-el puts a pair of glasses on and slicks his hair back, and suddenly nobody recognizes him. Why wouldn't a patch work for Wolverine? He exactly. doesn't. There's no accent. He doesn't dye his hair. The hair is exactly fucking same. He's a short little runt. You're telling me that this dude, all <laughs> he puts an eye patch on everybody's like, holy shit, I can't. And, and obviously, yes, I, I mean, thank God. No, the difference some... is in this, They no one does, like, it, it is a bad costume. Like, everybody knows it's Wolverine in right. the DCU, like, Magically, people, including his own wife, can't tell that it's him. Well, that's what I meant by it. it's a commentary on on the obvious alter egos, you right? Know? Right. Yeah. yeah, and um, you know, way way back in the day, because um, not so much when he first appeared, but progressively, as as the character matured and the creative teams got got comfortable with it, Wolverine's hair started to get pointier and pointier and longer and i'm like i wonder does it does the hair tuck into the points on his costume yeah that was the thing they started drawing his hair like it like it was just 
fit perfectly in the in the in right. the wings of his costume. Yeah, yeah, and and I, that, that's kind of cool, but then it's kind of cumbersome too, because then he would have to he would have to tuck it on, tuck it in, and then pull the the cowl down. It's just weird, but <laughs> it is Wolverine. He gets a haircut. And it burns his hair off. It goes right back to the same style it was. Yeah, well, sure. Style, just, I can't. I'm like, oh my god. I know, but if if you had curly hair and you um, somehow got your hair singed, it would grow back curly. It would grow back curly. Yes. Yeah, it's like muscle and, memory. But it would, but it would, it would form your head <laughs> as it grows back. It, I mean, it would just, it would, it would be the form. It would form. The, it would follow the shape of your head. This just. The points and everything, just the, the mutton chops, everything is just like, yeah. boom. Right no, they're, they're not even mutton chops. Like, Neil Young had, had mutton chops. Wolverine has actual hair head on his cheeks. It's it's long and, and beautiful and silky. It's and It's like It is. And it shines. I mean, it, it, is, it, it is a credit to, to Jessica Drew being being a detective. And, and, you know, and of course, she's she's going to blab and tell all the people in her life. But, it, yeah. And, and listen, and as people the listeners will find out you know everybody was polite in the fact that you know well it, it's your yeah. secret to keep so i'm not going to give you shit about it but. are you going to tell logan that you're going to blow his cover like come I'm on tell him in french yeah i don't even know how to say it but if i could i would um as usual everybody this episode is brought to you by our patrons the family la familia uh, who are there for us each and every month. They elevate all you suckas. And uh, we like to return the favor in the uh, Patreon page features daily images, multiple, multiple images, uh, audio, video, polls. You get to input to the book of the month, which is awesome. But the best thing is the dedicated Slack channel. It's like one of those speakeasies with the tiny slat in the door, and you open it up, and you say, who is it? And you say the word, EOC, and it's like, come on in, family. Uh, that's what it is. We talk, converse, share ideas and feelings and all that stuff each and every day. It is the best thing on earth. If you would like to partake, just take a look around the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Ola, 11 o'clock comics, 1-1, one, one, no apostrophe. We'd love to have you. More the merrier. Indeed. Of course. Yes. This is a very, very special episode for me. Mm. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm just going to spill the beans right off the bat. These are some of my favorite comics of all time. I love I, I, I love this series. Um, well, it's two series. But but it's cohesive. It's, it's concurrent. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, the narrative spins out of the mark. We'll, we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so... I stopped and picked up a bottle of wine. Jason, guess how much I paid for this bottle of wine? Can I ask you where you stopped? The state store? Well, I was. Oh, oh okay. Um, I will say you paid $11.99 for it. Usually, yes. This time, I spent 18 bucks. What? Right. Right? And it's something Damn. I've never had before. It's a cab. And the Vinter is... Plunger head. The, the the label is very artfully designed. A, a woman with long, luxurious hair diving into the water. Um, there's a little hokusai going on. A slight bit of hokusai. Um, there's gold leaf in her hair. The line is gold leaf. She's got a red dress on. doesn't really matter because the back of it 
says uh, Plunger Head, Lodi Cabernet Sauvignon. Our wines are crafted to deliver bold, ripe flavors of grapes grown in the heart of Lodi for those ready to take the plunge. Experience wines of possibility with layers beyond any depth imaginable. A little thick. Plunger Head Cabernet Sauvignon takes you swimming deep into flavors of dark cherries, blueberries, and plums wrapped in toasted vanilla oak leaves. Are you brave enough to take the plunge head first? Well, how is it? I think it's wonderful. I like it a lot. That's great. I am, it, I am proud of you. It's very dollars. Right? It's very flavorful, and it has a resonance to it, mm-hmm. which, which I like. I mean, I don't like tepid. How does the mouth feel, though? Uh, I'm not, well, I'll get into that in my In Your Travels. Um, hmm. It, it, hmm. it it It's very, very good. Um but like I said, I like something with a little bit of staying power. Once it leaves your lips, I like to to have the the ghost of what I just consumed a little bit. You know, usually the stuff I drink is pretty tepid, it's pretty washed out. So I'm guessing the more you spend, the better the wine. So I, I know you told me so, but I'm just saying this is very good. This is a cut above. Plunger head. Love it. That's great. Now, those uh, who know more than I would probably yeah, be like plunger head. That's swell, but to me, it's not. So. <clears throat> no, I, I mean, I don't. I'm not familiar with the name, but you know, it's probably not swill. I don't think it is. Doesn't nice. taste like swill. There you go. I know swill. Yeah, you do. Hey, um, <laughs> agree with you. By the way, rumor, rumor has it uh, as we're recording. Uh, AEW Dynamite on, as is always the case. Rumor has it, Okada's coming on the Dynamite tonight. Who is? I'm sorry? Okada. Oh, okay. And if that's true, I will mark out like a freak. But anyway, Wait, I'll find out, I'll find out tonight. Excusa, mm-hmm. do, do you have it on in the background? No, 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 I don't do that because I don't want to get, I, I want to watch it. All right, cool. Same. Yeah. Um, no, I am drinking, uh, I am drinking Gatorade. So Awesome. Yeah. You, you will pay in three weeks. I will pay. Yes. <laughs> I really do like the label on the plunger heads. Oh, isn't it nice? Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I need to check this out. You should bring a bottle. Maybe I will. Yeah. That's that's only the neighborly thing to do when when you're you're given full access, minus one room, to a, a sprawling <laughs> abode. <laughs> I will never get access to that room. Never. And we've been in there once, but yeah, yeah, but, uh, not in the way not I the way you want. Yeah, no, no, but whatever. Go ahead. Uh, because uh, because the setting for some of the book is the Princess Bar, I figured I would not have wine tonight because I really don't think O'Donnell's got a lot of uh, wine on the menu. This is um, this is actually a whiskey from New York. Uh, it's a small batch, and I was I, I I picked this off the shelf because our man goes by the name Patch in the book, so I thought it was a cute little rhyme. But this is uh, distilled in New York. It is called I know it's stupid. Good fucking bourbon is actually what it says right on the label. See, yeah, I I think it's it's funny, but like you can't keep that in the kitchen if you got kids. You know what I mean? Mm. It depends on who's raising the kids. 
Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I you know, I, who I'm not approved. I'd rather I'd rather it in the in the house with the parents than you yeah, know, maybe learning shit on the street. But but yeah, it's um, it's. And I think it, it, it there's some truth in advertising. I'm not a huge New York bourbon fan. I like I like the water in Kentucky. It's it's hard water. It, it's a whole different balance with the pH and everything. So so Kentucky does make really really good bourbon and really good whiskey. Um, New York is a little different. Uh, Taste is a little different, but um, this is one of the better. New York bourbons uh, I've had over the years, and um, and yeah, and yeah, the the I like the bottle also, but it's um, and while the name is amusing, uh, yeah, I could definitely see your point, and that's why the alcohol is on the higher shelves. Where even if we did have right. um, our friends, kids over, or nieces, or anything like that, they're not going to be able to see. The label. They're going to be able to see the bottle on the label. So Right. Did you stop at 3rd and 43? Exit to the right. It's going to be ecstasy. This place was meant for me. New York Groove. Suckers? Adorable. <laughs> Suckers. Adorable. <laughs> oh, wow. Even though he's a trumper, I do like the song a lot. There you go. So, Wolverine. Epic Collection. Volume 1, Be Still My Freaking Heart, written by Christopher Claremont and Peter David. Shits the bed in the middle of the book, redeems himself at the end, Mr. David. Pencils by Big John Basima. Oh, yeah. And a really sleepy Gene Colan. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's sad to say. Uh, Embellished by Klaus Janssen. Mm-hmm. Al frickin' Williamson, mm-hmm. Bill goddamn Sienkiewicz, mm-hmm. John inked his own work, which looks spectacular, and unfortunately, Gene compounded, Gene twisted his own knife. He reached around to his own back, plugged the knife in, and twisted it himself by, by inking his own work. Uh, with color art by Glynis Oliver, Gregory Wright, Mike Rockwitz, and Mark Chiarello. In case you were wondering, it uh, contains Marvel Comics Presents 1 to 10. Just the Wolverine section, the serial. Well, yeah. They know know they know, but you know, in previews, it's always got to say and select material from blah, blah, blah. So it's not. Right. Um, Then Wolverine 1 to 16 proper. And the very confusing. What were they (laughs) thinking? Marvel Age Annual number four. A story from Marvel Age Annual number four, mm-hmm. and uh, the the Basically. epic collection is a, a paltry forty bucks, which you know isn't bad if you can get it at a discount. But um, I was looking I mean, at considering the, what you get, right? I was looking at the bookshelf, and I have epic collection one and three, mm-hmm. Ep- epic collection two, which picks up some of the Madripoor slack before it moves on to. The Jim Lee um, uh, stuff that came later with the Silvestri after, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I was wondering if I should just forego the Epic Collections and just get the Wolverine Omnibus Volume 1. Because that contains, uh, I think, 1 to 10 of Wolverine. But then that would force me to buy Wolverine Omnibus 2, 
But guess what? Wolverine Omnibus One is out of print. They'll bring it back. They, they're good. I am, and it, and it's it's going for stupid prices, uh, far more than I would like to pay. But I think it is asinine for people to ever spend big markups for Omniboo because Marvel puts them all back out. Right. I mean, yeah, you got to maybe have to wait for a few years, but they put them all back out, man. Like it's yeah. it's crazy. Remember, like I remember the new X Men was a, like a, a super coveted one, and yeah, uh, and I ended up. Uh, I think someone gifted me a copy and I was like super giddy. And then like a year later they reprinted it. You know, right. For, now it's back now, to normal. Now I had to pinch myself uh, even considering that because you know, I'm not the biggest Wolverine fan on the planet. That's true. I like the character, but my admiration of Logan comes from these stories. Uh, yes, it comes from a lot of what Claremont and Byrne did, but these are the stories that that took that attraction and just locked it in like forever. Like I love these stories, and and I said this on the Slack before when we were just going back and forth, and Jason was scolding me to save it for the show. Well, here's the show. Um, if if Wolverine was like this all the time, I would buy Wolverine all the time. I think um, this atmosphere, this madripoor, when you're taking the big fish out of the big pond and you and you're putting them in this tiny ecosystem of of haves and have nots and and crime ridden streets and it's it's pulpy and it's daring do and there's not a whole lot of capes and cowls in it there are some but for the most part it's 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 like david said it's casablanca on steroids yeah i love this yeah it's stuff. pulpy noir yeah i i love it this was a masterstroke. And, and vampires. Many, so, but, well, pseudo-vampires. Before first. I ask the question everyone's waiting for me to ask, I have another question, which is, okay. uh, I didn't read this in the epic collection form. I read it, I reread the issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so is the epic collection what they used to call the essentials? Was it black and white? No, no it's color. color. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Because I was going to say that'd be interesting to like if you did a book of the month where it's all black and white. Uh, oh, okay, cool. Um, well, that's a that's a pretty good deal then. Like, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean the the interior paper isn't bad. There's mm-hmm. there's there's not a whole lot of bleed through, but the cover stock needs a serious upgrade. Right, and if I assume I, they, I assume the presentation was the MCP stories, then the sixteen yes. issues. Okay, yeah. 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 Well, with the Marvel Age stuff sprinkled throughout the Wolverine series. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't. Full disclosure. I didn't reread the Marvel Age. I didn't have it. You're so. not missing anything. Okay. Um, what do you mean the interviews? No, I, I didn't. No, read the, the Marvel Age annual. I didn't. Read oh, it's that. well. It's it's totally befuddling because yeah. I, if the story was was crafted to promote the the Wolverine book that takes place in Madripoor, all they talk about is the X Men in it. Like, well, they talk about the mutants. He talks about he talks about the X Men, but he talks about the new mutants. And he talks about so yeah. it's it's an, an X Factor. He talks about the original X Men, and it became X Factor. And Genie. it's a primer. Mm. It's basically it was the Marvel Age Annual where they were kind of just talking about mutants. So it was a way to just kind of like get the reader up to speed on who the mutants are. But it was it it where it took place in the middle of uh, it, while the rest of the main Wolverine series was going on, I, was, I just felt it was oddly placed. But you, yeah. by not reading it, not reading those four or five pages, you didn't miss a damn No, thing. no. It, nice. it, okay. it was it was constructed in the spirit of Madripoor Wolverine, but the subject right. matter was not. 
it's just weird. And Jason, in the Epic Collection, it, there, there are pinups um, reprinted. But the weirdest thing in the world, there's an Amazing Heroes cover reproduction. Yes, from, there is. Um, I have that Rindberg cover. Yeah, number 140, May 1, 1988. It's a Tom uh, Grindberg and it's it's got Wolverine, Shang Chi, the Man Thing. The Man Thing has a chud button. Yes, <laughs> chud. It was and it was it was, it, it was that that issue of Amazing Heroes. There was an interview to to discuss the new the upcoming Marvel Comics Presents series. Right, but what's right. really great, Jason, about this epic collection is there are a bunch of pages. He's not gonna like it bunch of pages from marvel comics presents with art by john bushima and klaus there are pages from wolverine there are covers from wolverine all images courtesy of heritageauctions.com this oh, is all nice. 08 all away throughout the back few pages of uh love it yeah 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 that's awesome um, all right. Well, so the question everyone was waiting for, uh, Vince, what was your uh, your first time reading this stuff? Bottom off the racks. In fact, right I have. Um, well, I, I parted with my Marvel Comics Presents, but not the early singles of Wolverine. Uh, first issue, I have 10 of them. That is awesome. I did not know that. Yep. I love you that much more now. That was it was the day. Of, of hoarding and speculating. And is it not a no-brainer that a Wolverine number one is not going to later turn out to be worth money? Well, as it turns out, <laughs> I mean, this this particular number one it didn't end up being a great investment for you. but well, it's, It still goes for about a, a hundo. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, for That's, sure. I, I paid less than a buck and a half for it. Facts. Yeah. How about you, Dad? I bought the first issue off the shelf. Um... But I did not stick with the series. I didn't come back until uh, Sylvester was drawing uh, Albert and LCD. And the Marvel Comics Presents, I I didn't read these issues. Um, my MCP reading was, uh, was sporadic. I really didn't have a consecutive run until um, Sam Keith drew the uh, Wolverine cyber story mm-hmm. later on. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I get, again, I, I give the character a lot of shit, but the Wolverine solo book was really good up until about the time when Marvel was doing the story so far, fold-out cover things. Remember when when they, they would have the tip-out front cover and it would be, you know, recaps of everything that came before? Yes, yes, yes. That's when it started to go south a little bit for me. But um, like through the Lady Deathstrike and the the I mean Deadpool showed up and I mean everybody showed up sooner or later. Even, like issue one hundred is great. Um, I, I think that I give it a little bit too much of a hard time because they're very enjoyable, very enjoyable uh, stories. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and probably no surprise to longtime listeners, I bought this stuff off the rack. It's one of the formative reasons why Wolverine remains one of my favorite characters to this day. Um, have all the issues. I have complete run of MCP, and uh, you have a complete I, run, even the like the the tail end because those yeah. are wow. I bought I bought it off. Full disclosure, I bought a complete run off eBay years ago, and you could still do that for cheap. Yeah, I'm um, I'm envious, really am. And 
I'm pretty sure, and I say pretty sure because there's a lot, but I'm pr- still pretty sure that to this day I've read every titular Wolverine comic, like every every Wolverine issue where it's it's him in one of the series. I'm pretty sure I've read, and and I say that not to brag. I say that because like it's long suffering. I mean, there have been a lot of times when I'm like, well, why did I do? Yeah, but, but I mean, Devil's Advocate in aggregate, Wolverine. Mm-hmm was far better than Deadpool. I mean, as a whole. And you you yeah. read a lot yeah, more no, Deadpool. I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. Yep. Yep. Also a lot. I mean, it's been a lot more. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of, I mean, two, three X as many Wolverine comics. As... And there you go. And, they're, you know, by and large, they're better. I, yeah, I, I think I, his I solo series really was uh, one of the poster childs for children for um, comics should be ridiculous because they're really silly stories, but they're fun. And they I don't think they take themselves too seriously up until mid to late 90s. That's when it started to to be, oh, you know, it's Wolverine. It's 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 our breadwinner. Yeah. We we must. And then, then it started to go south. But they were I mean, LCD alone is such a goofy idea. Yeah. That I mean, I I I don't know of any other book that, um, I mean, even even like the the risk takers of the Marvel universe, like Defenders and something. Maybe Defenders, she would pop up in there, and it would seem natural. But this is Wolverine. Like what? Albert and LCD. It's crazy. And enjoyable. Yeah, Claremont when they were pimping this back in the day said it was going to be high adventure. Rather than super heroic, sort of a combination of Conan meets Terry and the Pirates. Exactly. Now, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know about the Conan comparison, but but I I appreciate the uh, I appreciate his attempt at an elevator pitch. Well, it is very Terry and the Pirates, right? No, I think the second half of the comparison is that. Yeah, but. yeah. Um, well, he is savage, but uh, to, Big John has a plethora of memorable images to his credit. Most of which feature Conan. Let's be obvious. Um, yeah, no, but, that's true. But the cover of Wolverine number one, I think, is one of John's finest images. I don't know if the coloring is up to snuff, but I think the line art of of and just the the composition, the pose Wolverine's in. I I love the cover to Wolverine number one. It's a great, great cover. I think it should be on the front of the Epic Collection. I don't know. I mean, I, agree. I like the the Roughhouse and, and Bloodsport, um, not the Jean-Claude Van Damme Bloodsport. But uh, I like that cover, but I don't think it warrants front and center. The right. Big John's um, number one needs to be on the front. I um, I could be wrong, but I feel like that cover was just auctioned off like two or three years ago. Oh, what did it go for? Do you remember? No, I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember. I mean, th- that was... Two three years ago was before we got crazy, so I don't, I don't yeah. think it went for an insane amount. I mean, certainly tens of thousands of dollars, but I don't think it was like I, I don't think it's like where we're at now, where we're talking about seven figure stuff. But yeah, I don't need to be reminded just how good John Basima was. Um, my childhood would do that for me because I was a, a, a diehard Conan fan. Uh, bought every issue of Savage Sword and. Uh, Big John's stuff is 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 pretty burned into my brain, but revisiting this for maybe the third time, uh, not within at least 
five to seven years. I haven't read this mm-hmm. in, in a good stretch. But um, even when John was saddled with a substandard embellisher, the work still looks good. Not as good yeah. as it could, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I think there are some issues in this collection where the embellisher did not do him any favors. Yeah, no, I well, as you know, John, Bus- I would say Bus- Bus- uh, Big John is my uh, you know my favorite classic Marvel artist for sure. Yeah, uh, still deeply regret never got a chance to meet him, um, but uh, yeah, I would say. Because I hadn't, I mean, I hadn't reread most of this stuff since, you know, probably since it came out, honestly. Um, so it was kind of interesting how much I remembered or thought I remembered, but then like rereading it, you know, it's you realize your memory's a bit hazy. Like you, I, 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 I think I probably, um, I probably overly romanticized the quality of the narrative, you know, like, and I don't remember being as as like. Like I really enjoyed rereading it, but it, it, I don't like with many things of this era. I don't. It wasn't as well structured and like dramatic as I seemed to have remembered it, you know, in my mind. But um, but I will say it was great seeing Busema, and and I will say that that uh, for me, I, I think the only real issue I had with this uh, reread was I thought the coloring on a lot of it was rough. Like, and I, and like, I'm like, man, that we take for granted how, how much colorists have, like the tools the colorists have these days that they didn't have back then. Wow. See, I love the coloring on this. Mm. Yeah. I, I like the flats. I don't mind flats. I just think there were a lot of non-complimentary or random flatting in, in some of these issues. Yeah. Okay. Which could be nostalgic. I mean, you could, but yeah. I mean, it didn't. It didn't put me off of it. But I just thought, oh, these are some interesting choices, right? Um, and I do. You know, we were joking about this. I think some time ago when we were talking about Burn, but I had forgotten how often these great artists back then, because they were working at such feverish paces, just decided to go ahead and skip backgrounds. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. We're not going to put backgrounds in these on these pages. Like, right. Well, like, now, at one point the book was coming out twice a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that's a, that's a fever pitch. Yep. Uh, and and it, it just boggles my mind that John did it. He was a workhorse man. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, and I mean, I think there was there, there were one or two. It may have even been Marvel Comics present stuff, but I know that there was one issue where there was um, there were breakdowns that he did, and then they were finished by. Uh, by St. Klaus, but um, yeah, the uh, the 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 double shipping was um, during those biweekly summer storyline events because they did the same thing with Ram Rob, they did the same thing with Spider Man, they did the same. I, I'm sure they did the same thing with the Avengers. So, um, that just you know, it could be that summer blockbuster feeling, and at least they made sense because that was a a, a six issue story that, that that Peter David wrote that uh, was supposed to be all. Blockbustery, um, dude. The Gehenna Stone affair is awesome. It's it's flat out awesome. I know it, you'll say there's a lot of vampires in it, and and yeah. Well, the, the vampires. I mean, the, there's vampires in the Marvel Comics present story, and then there's vampires again once the series starts, and and then yeah, then there's Ball. So I mean, there's a lot of fangs in the book. Well, which but is, Sticks is I mean, not a trick. There's vampires in the current run of Wolverine. 
Right. Like it's always, he's always been it's always been a big part of his story. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, this this was the first time rereading this, but but yeah, I mean, he's definitely always had vampires as uh, adversaries for sure. Right. Sapphire Sticks isn't a traditional vampire. Right. She's she's more of an energy vampire, but a vampire nonetheless. But and uh, and Bloodsport same thing. Yes, Bloodsport. Like, he's more like, you know, I mean, he kind of is a vampire, but not like in the fangs, I'm going to suck your blood type of a... Uh, it, it just bowls me over how adept Big John was at many things. Um, again, uh, pretty much set the mold for the, the, the heroic proportions of um, Conan. So he draws... Men really well, but Big John's women are gorgeous, and um, I I'm not a huge Jessica Drew fan. I, I mean, <laughs> especially uh, as Spider Woman in this series, I think Jessica Drew is awesome. Uh, That's because she's not Spider Woman in this. Yeah, but the, I mean, the way she draw, the way John draws her, the her her. Um, She'll she'll fling herself into the fray and and just even though she doesn't have her power the majority of her powers anymore she's still super powered but not the way she was and uh, she she's like the first one to throw the punch and uh, she's scrappy and and, and uh, Claremont does her justice by saying a number of times uh, comment he'll have a character comment on her unearthly beauty. Or, or my, what a, what a, a fit woman. You know, he, he always has characters think or comment on just how attractive she is. And in, in John's hands, she was attractive. Uh, the, I don't think there's a, uh, one of the, the, the top-level cast in this that's not a woman that isn't gorgeous. Even Karma. Karma's beautiful. Yeah, it's true, because Karma really wasn't conventionally beautiful. No, 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 no. She Bob McLeod very slight and kind of boyish, like she yeah, like a lot of curve. Yeah, McLeod never drew her like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he drew. They were still just out of puberty for the most part. They were young teenagers in the new right, movie, right, so. right, right. Um, so let let's jump into it then, or or do we want to comment further on the art? But we'll just wait till we get there, maybe. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Okay. Um, the first storyline in the volume is uh, Save the Tiger, which is Tiger, a, Tiger, baby. a compilation of the first 10 issues, the Wolverine stories, and the first 10 issues of Marvel Comics Presents, um, a novel idea at the time, a bi-weekly anthology, in case you don't know, featuring um, top-level and underused and or forgotten Marvel Comics characters. I think it was a great way to uh, keep the IP alive of of a lot of the characters that have fallen by the wayside, like Shang-Chi, especially Man-Thing. Um, and it was published from September 1988 to January 1989. And if you do the math, the first issue of Wolverine, the ongoing series, came out before the Marvel Comics Presents series ended, mm -hmm. which is crazy. I mean, this was intended to be the lead-in to the Wolverine ongoing, and the first issue came out before this story was even over. Well, that's Marvel. But in, in this case, it was more of a good thing, not, well, not too yeah, much of a good thing. Because, 
Wolverine was the was the main the lead character of MCP for the first ten issues, and then it like you said, and then it was supposed to be oh, okay. He's gonna have his ongoing now and move on to other characters, <laughs> but he was so popular that they brought him back uh, with issue thirty eight, and he was the lead character from there pretty much on. At least he was lead character through one forty two. Then he was gone again, but then they brought him back in with 150. So, uh, yeah, he it, it, like that wasn't the plan, but they ended up kind of flipping the script because he was such such high demand back then. Yeah, give the people what they want. Yep. Right? So... Do you remember uh, who else was in the first issue of MCP? Uh, uh, Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Man-Thing. Yes. Silver Surfer. Yes, Correct. Silver Surfer. Yep. Yep. Ditko appears in a bunch of these issues. Oh, right. Who drew, who drew the cover for the first issue of Marvel Comics Presents? Um, I'm looking at the cover right now. Um. <laughs> oh, you can tell. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. Wow, even, Jason. Now even looking really? at the signature, you can tell who drew that cover. It's Simonson, my man. Oh, oh, oh really? Oh. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Oh, I see the signature. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. He draws, he draws a great man thing. He does. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. I like how someone just threw Shang-Chi, though. It's yeah, like, it's like, you, you got to paste that guy in there. He's in the book. <laughs> so you may be asking yourself, why would Wolverine go to a a country south of, or an island country south of Singapore? How did he get there? Well, uh, at the behest of a dead man, because uh, his friend, David Chappell, he finds him in the desert. Uh, he's been tortured. And he uh, before he died, he hands Logan a, a locket belonging to the namesake of, of uh, uh, a place called the Princess Bar in, in Madripoor. And he asks him to return it. But also, with his dying breath, he pleads with Logan to save the tiger. And so Logan does what he does. He follows that lead and he winds up in, in Madripoor, which again is south of Singapore. Um, a conceptually rich country because it, it is literally bisected. Um, the haves and the have-nots. Uh, it's culturally, culturally divided a country. The, the uptown, the peaks, um, elevated above the rabble, is where the rich people reside or the or the the tourists with money come to and you got low town which is a very poor crime-ridden uh street urchin type scenario where um organized crime is rampant uh so again you know the rich are literally elevated above the poor now before one thing i have to say because we we have we've certainly been guilty of it we we like to make fun of claremont and uh yeah, this his, is true. His, his, his verbosity, and it's it's well earned. You know that 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 uh, that dig is well earned, and he's certainly Claremontian in this. But I have to say, maybe it's the nostalgia talking, but I didn't find it off-putting in this because it kind of felt like it should be a lot of narration. Because when I think of these like old time, old timey detective noirish films and stuff like you always had that overlay that narration 
in a lot of it and a lot of explaining. So it just felt kind of like setting the right mood and tone more than it did in rereading some of his other well-known capes books. For me, again, maybe your mileage is fair, but no, it, it, no. Didn't, it didn't feel as offensive to me in this. I think Claremont's restrained here. The, 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 the tone, the first-person storytelling, that, that was fitting, and it absolutely works, and, and I had no problem with that. And I, I'm a huge, huge proponent of, of Shooter's mandate of every comic is someone's first, so you got to let everybody know who the players are in the book. I get that. You got 22 pages. You have to be able to be. You have to be able to let the reader know who everybody is, what they do, who's the best at what they do. The problem is when you're reading a collection, sure, 20 issues, and sure. it's the same. Logan just keeps saying the same exact thing <laughs> every dozen p- pages. That's the world thinks the X Men are dead. I don't know if you'd heard that. Did you know yeah. that? I mean, and it's, and it's so better like, off it's, that it's, they do. Yeah, <laughs> but, but to, you it, know. It, Knowing, knowing the way that, knowing how these were originally produced, and and in that context, right, I get it. But even if you are reading a story that you know you're 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 five chapters into a six part story, um, it may not be your first issue. And, and obviously, yes, it, it would be written differently today. Uh, but it was, it did get eye-rolling or groan-inducing towards the end of the book as as it just it, you just kind of but but you just kind of burn over it you're just like yeah okay this is the part where claremont's going to say this again and, and then you just get back to the story itself and it's so once you once you know what you're looking for when, when, once you know the tells you can just it they're easy to avoid right well i mean collected editions at the time in which these stories were produced were a novelty right right it wasn't intended right the yeah, storytelling yeah. wasn't intended that way right um. So, uh, so Wolverines in Madripoor. What happens? Well, um, there's a little bit of backstory that that mm-hmm. you have to know going into this, and it's it's very well delineated by Claremont, as Jason said, excessively so. Um, a young lady uh, named Jessan Hone. Her family operated a merchant bank, and she was very wise in the ways of finance. And uh, because of her uh, skills, she was captured by the Reavers, uh, X-Men villain team, and and they wanted to exploit her skills. So one of the Reavers, named Pretty Boy, um, who could could lock into you and um, it it was a, a, a psychic attack where he would enter your brain and uh, manipulate your character into uh, something he malleable where he could erase the less desirable aspects of your character and and enhance the ones um he wished so they needed somebody ruthless uh, a banker that was ruthless and uncompromising and and not timid at all so he took all of those qualities that Jess possessed and extricated them and so in the wake of of his his mind rape which is what it was uh something tripped in her psyche and she was changed forever 
um, she's aloof and she's apathetic and she's wild and and she's not nearly as moralistic as as she was before the incident. But I mean, if you're a regular reader of X Men, you know the X Men found them in the outback and and they set things right. Enter Roma with the awesome Siege Perilous. Whenever they use the Siege Perilous, I have to just <laughs> I have to adjust my seat because I'm getting a little tight in the pantalones. Um, so Roma chucks her through the, the Siege Perilous, and you know the, the Perilous judges. And she's deemed worthy and is sent to the time and place before her abduction by the Reavers. But the damage was done. She was not the same Jesson Horn before as she was before the the assault by the Reavers, which opens the floodgates for her to try and assume the mantle of crime boss in Madripoor. Wolverine doesn't know this at this point, but um, the, the 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 top Madripoorian crime lord, his name is Mister Roche. Is it Roche? How would you pronounce that? Is it Roche or Roach? Well, since they're all speaking French, I'd say it's Roche. Okay. Yes, they are speaking French. We know that. Uh, Mr. Roche, uh, he tries to suck protection money out of O'Donnell, who Jason was at the beginning of the episode. O'Donnell is the owner of the Princess Bar, and he's a rough-and-tumble kind of dude. Uh, quarterback material, I guess. And, yeah, QB1 uh, Vanderstyle. Yeah, big-time Vanderstyle. Yeah. Uh, so O'Donnell refuses. He's not complying, and uh, Roche sends his thugs to make the man reconsider his decision. And that's where Wolverine enters the picture. Uh, he makes short work of the the bunch, and he uh, stirs the ire of Roche. Light work, like like light oh, work. but yeah, not a problem at all. So Roche's pissed off, um, and he uh, he brings somebody else in. An old Shang-Chi villain by the name of Razorfist. <laughs> Who is ridiculous. Oh, yes. yes. It's totally ridiculous. But it's, like, it's, like, it's brilliant, dude. My hands are razors. <laughs> no, for sure. But, like, the fact that in his history he willingly did this, like, that you would cut your hands off to give yourself swords for hands. I mean, just think of the impracticality of that when you're, when you're not actually on a killing mission. How does he pee? How does he eat? How does he get oh, dressed? Are you can crazy? He's got to be. I'm guessing he just he takes the the swords off, the the, the blades off, and and maybe he's got uh, the, yeah, the fake hands, the cans or something. Yeah. yeah. The, How does he get his? Oh yeah, he's got okay. Well, anyway, he's got razors for fists, hence the name, right? Yeah. Um. So and his outfit is absurd. It's gorgeous. It's like the male dazzler. It's like silver. It's for those that didn't read along. It's it's a silver or metallic uh, like wrestling tunic. You know, like a wrestling, like a Greco-Roman wrestling kind of a getup with with matching thigh-high like stripper boots. He's great. <laughs> and and then he's got for some reason like a mask, but the mask is like just wisps of 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 uh, of um like of clothing of, of of fabric uh just across certain parts of his head it's a shaved bald it's, not it's unlike like, havoc um it's a lot unlike havoc but either way it's quite the outfit 
Well, I mean, if we're talking characters that wear wisps of masks, I mean, the title character does that in the first series. But so, Vince. Yes, my friend. Um, there is a uh, the French concession. Yes, was established in the mid eighteen hundreds, and it was uh, it was when the French consul in in Shanghai uh, basically um, there was the there was a lot of trade happening, so there were a lot of French, and and therefore uh, it, it's doing some research. It does make sense that there would be so much French being Damn spoken. It. I figured it would. I mean, Claremont's a pretty smart dude. Right. He would have researched that, or if he if he didn't know it already. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even better. Yes. Cal surprise. Yeah. Um, so. Roche's pissed and he gathers up his goons and um, Razorfist makes uh, crudite out of them. Cuts them all up. Kills them all. So uh, he sends Razorfist to do the job that his goons could not. Now, in Roche's got a number of people working for him. Not just Razorfist. There's a two-time and slut by the name of Sapphire Sticks. She hangs out at the Princess Bar, but she's really beholden to Roche. And uh, she's gorgeous, um, flaunts her female wiles, plunging necklines. She's hanging out almost all the time. Uh, but she's not just a, a beautiful but bad woman. She's also an energy vampire. She can if she if she gets her 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 claws into you and gets you in the clinch and starts kissing you, she can literally suck the energy out of you. Now, for a a, a mortal man, uh, an average human, that would be deadly. But someone like Logan, who has a healing factor, and he'll be very eager to tell you that fact. Um, she, it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet every day. Suck the, the 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 energy out of them. Let them heal. Suck the energy. Like she she has never tasted anything like Wolverine. But I'm I'm giving it away. Um, so Sapphire Sticks works for Roche. He also has a, a nasty son of a bitch named the Inquisitor, and he does exactly what he does. He he tortures um, beings for uh, whatever Mister Roche wants him to torture them for information vengeance um just plain maliciousness the inquisitor's there and he's eager to do it right uh so razor fist uh sticks and the inquisitor pretty much put logan through the ringer um razor fist beats the crap out of him because sapphire sticks had him so drained that he can barely fight he was he was in a bad shape um, the Inquisitor took his couple pounds of flesh. Logan's in really bad uh, straits. And ultimately, they, they toss him off a cliff into the drink. And that's where he's rescued by Jesson Hone, um, who I said has her sights on Roche. She wants to eliminate the crime boss and take his place at the top of the food chain. So she saves Logan. Now, Logan owes her a debt. So you know our boy is, is never one to, to shirk from his responsibilities uh, as uh, 
you know, bloodthirsty as they may be. So he, he's in. He owes her one. Um, and he, but he tells her, you know, I'm on your side until I'm not. You know, when you jump over that line and you become the bad guy, we're going to have to we have to make a decision here, you know. Uh, but he can't turn away because he's Logan, right? In the end, though, uh, Roche kidnaps O'Donnell and Logan and Jess race to save him. And they, they deal with Razor Fist and Sticks and the Inquisitor. Um, and Jess, who's awesome, separates Roche's head from his neck in a slice, one deft slice, that is both end and beginning. Uh, it's the end of Roche, but it is now the beginning of her ascendancy to the throne, the uh, crime boss of Madripoor. And she takes the name Tiger Tiger. Now, the first Tiger is T-Y-G-E-R, unless you're the Marvel creative team in which you kind of forget which yeah. one is. Because sometimes it's T-I-Tiger yeah. and then it's T-Y-Tiger. They, they can't seem to get a lockdown no, on, on exactly how it goes. But, I mean, it's the same thing, Tiger, Tiger. Um, Wolverine starts wearing an eye patch at the end of the series and calls himself, appropriately enough, Patch. Because, as we're constantly reminded, the world thinks Wolverine dead, and it's better that it stays that way. So that is the entirety of Marvel Comics Presents 1 to 10. Yep. And um, I, I'm not going to mince words. I think uh, Big John did a phenomenal job on penciling, but I think Jansen pretty much almost tanks it with his inks. He he does not give John the reverence he's due. Uh, he he takes those Yancean shortcuts and just scumbles the background or or goes in with a you know a broken chopstick and, and inks and <laughs> it's no, I mean literally the proof is in the pudding. Compare the Yancean stuff to the Pinnacle, which is John inking himself, that okay. issue, that single issue is the best looking issue in the entire bunch. And then you have uh, number two, which I think was Al Williamson. Al did a phenomenal job embellishing yeah. Big Job because there's a reverence there. There's a uh, Now, if you look at the issue that John inked himself, so this is the man embellishing his own work. Therefore... This is how he thinks his work should look. Now, put the issue of John inking himself, juxtapose that with the issues that Jansen inked, and you can you can almost hear Big John bitching from the grave that <laughs> the, this this guy just butchered my artwork. I mean, I I, I like Jansen. I, mean, I don't think he cared. In, like, I don't think he. No, cared that's the all, thing. Yeah. He, he probably didn't care all that much, but he cared enough on his own work. To do, yeah, yeah, yeah. to do what he did. So, you know, it's like Sal. Sal, when I talked to Sal Basim, I said, who's your favorite anchor? And he said, me. Right. Right? So, um, I, I mean, I'm not a Jansen hater. I love his work when it fits the pencils. Dark Knight Returns. Jansen's mm -hmm. work's great, even though Frank didn't agree with a lot of his decisions. But <laughs> I'm just saying, but Jansen has a way of overpowering the work superseding the visual voice of the penciler with his own visual voice. Now, before you call foul and say, but you're a big fan of 
John Buscema and Alfredo Alcala, who totally eclipsed John's work. But I think Alcala added significantly to what John laid down to where it became a commingling of two giants with entirely complementary to, to Buscema's pencils with even though it retained that Alfredo Alcala visual sensibility. But Janssen's, it's just sloppy. It's haphazard. There's no rhyme or reason to it. There's just marks wherever. Like he, It doesn't seem like he had a game plan going in. He's like, okay, this line should be thick. Here's my chopstick. <clears throat> Gouge into the paper. Well, this line needs to be thin. Uh, whatever i'll use a hair like it just it just seems totally unplanned and haphazard and not at all elevated to the the point where it should be for john Buscema, right i don't know if i'm blowing smoke out my ass or what but that's how i feel i think when you have someone laying the groundwork of the magnitude of john Buscema, you better step up and i don't think jansen did it all I'm surprised the series caught on, because the visuals, <laughs> eh, they're not they're not superlative. Still Wolverine. I, was, I don't it think is. MCP was really remembered, at least for most of it, as having the best art. I mean, but but it's two out of three. I think the 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 penciling is amazing. What John provided in the hands of a, I don't want to say capable in in the hands of a complimentary embellisher would have done him proud, like Al and even uh, Sienkiewicz, who's a very heavy-handed inker. His mm. issues look great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, I, I, I don't think Jansen either knew or cared that he was making print-ready the lines of a god. I would say that Klaus Jansen is the legendary creator we most hate on that doesn't generally get hate yeah i think you're right <laughs> like I, you can sense the side eye anytime his name is brought up yeah I, and like i said i i really like his work but the man has a devil may care way of approaching pencils where um it, it comes across to me as entirely inconsiderate to the well, the the visual voice established mm-hmm. by the penciler. If you no, have Jim Lee wrong, on pencils, you want some of that Jim Lee to shine through, right? You don't get yeah. that with Jansen. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I I do recall a, a Jansen interview some time ago, where now I don't think he was asked about this point blank in that way, but I do remember him saying that, in particularly when it came to artists that he worked with a lot, and on a on a book, it. Back then, and you know, if you even look here, he's credited as the finisher. Um, like a lot of times, the pencilers, because they were working so fast and feverishly, would, after an issue or two, especially if they they knew that they thought the anchor was a steady hand, would really just hand them roughs, like with very little done, as they did with Terry Austin, right, and expect right. them to just just finish it. So like, but he didn't finish it. <laughs> yeah, but I, what I'm saying is, is like, and I, you know, Dap's going to rep for the inkers, but. There are a lot of really great inkers that uh, aren't very good at putting skeletal structure in place if this they're is, asked to do it on themselves. Oh, cell. this is true. Yeah. So I think that's where Jansen goes wrong in, in a lot of times is that when he's asked to be the guy to put structure 
it, I think it goes off the rails. But. You see, I got to call a foul on that because okay. Jansen, uh, Jansen has penciled and inked his own work in a number of occasions. Right. And no, it no, looks okay. pretty damn good. No, that's fair. Yeah. So you're right. They're, it's an effort thing. Yeah, it's fair. The, the, the best thinkers are also really, really talented pencilers. Terry Austin, uh, you get. Um, I just well, Sikavich, I mean, look at Sikavich, right? of course, but um, but but he also inks himself. Whereas, but uh, Scott Williams, Terry Austin, you've got um, uh, there there are Mark Farmer, Andy Parks. There are there are artists who know what there are anchors who know what they're doing, and and right. there are some there's some there are pencil and anchor teams that I absolutely think are outstanding, like. Vernon Kessel, like Davison Farmer, uh, and and that's those are the kind of pairings that I want to see, like 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 Steve Rude and, and Gary Martin, and, and so there are there are other pairings, other team ups that might be interesting to look at, but you don't really want to see come to life. Like Klaus inked Gil Kane on an early issue of What If, that is something to that's a sight but it's not something i think you needed to see just because of how different their styles are and 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 to see one on top of the other just gill was still present but it was still inked by klaus and it was a younger klaus it wasn't you know late 80s klaus but it still had that Klaus grit to it, and, and there are, and you, and, and obviously you can see the difference between Klaus and Bill and Al over John on in, in this book. But right. it's they're just, yeah. I know that um, it's it's very easy to blame the acres for you know how the finished product's going to look uh, without knowing what the penciler may or may not have given the anchor to work with, but. Uh, once those black lines are in and the issues printed, then you know that's that's where the blame lies, and and it, for good or bad. And uh, there are there are times where I will, I I always am interested to see what class is going to do, but lately and and unfortunately lately a lot of his work was on over Ramita Junior at DC, and and that was not whether. You know, John just wasn't feeling it, or they just it, it what, for whatever whatever was going through with John. Their work together wasn't up to snuff. It, it wasn't as good as either gentlemen have done over the years, and right. uh, it, it's it's just it is unfortunate that right now that that's kind of where we're where we kind of view Klaus. But if I if I go back to you know those. 180 190 issues of daredevil those look amazing agreed and that was and that was all klaus yeah so. and we only know part of the environment under which these issues were created we know it was a bi-weekly who i mean we can guess maybe that the pages were handed to klaus at the spur of the moment toward the end of the deadline and he had to do something with them like maybe john was was uh, slower than than Jansen was was uh, uh, accustomed to, and he had to you know kick it in. Like th- there are so many conditions th- of which we're unaware 
in the making of these things. So I'm, I'm not trying to punch down on Janssen, right? Is that how they say it, punch down? Um, yeah. I think he's extremely talented. I also think he's very heavy-handed. So some some pencilers he compliments very well, like we said. Uh, of course, Frank Miller. I think Janssen and Miller are a beautiful team because so, the styles are copacetic. But John Basima demands sculpting and and mod and just fa- being faithful to what John puts down because not many can put it down like John is. That's where I'm going with this. So so, just real quick, when Wolverine number one came out. Mm-hmm. And Marvel Comics Presents was coming out. At the same time, John was also penciling the Avengers. Nuts. So, I mean, this was this was at a time where he was extremely busy. So to yep. be able to do... So I get why maybe, maybe he had folks like Klaus and later on Bill because they can kind of... Not, I don't want to say cover for him, but they, they, they know how to lay out a page they know how to yeah. so so maybe maybe he was able to and and we all know he had no real love for the superhero work but you know tom palmer also heavy-handed but at least you know and 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 we're talking about the avengers the goddamn team book and not to say that you know wolverine doesn't have one or two characters in it i mean every goddamn page has someone in madripoor or some background there's a bunch of people in these books but he was working with people who were able to give him a hand he wasn't doing the heavy lifting on on, right it it, it appears but on the flip side during the the uh storyline with baal right where they recount how the hand of god came and it was and and he and he fought baal there's a a panel where i think it's baal there's there's a character whose back is to the viewer and sinkevich goes in with with um, a series of of lines tightly l- laid out like next to each other, it looks like an Albrecht Durer um, piece. The, it's just gorgeous, and you, I mean, you know, John didn't do that. He, that is all Sinkevich. Where Sink, I think Sinkevich added to the work. Where again, we don't know the conditions, but I don't think Jansen added. Too much to it, but well, we'll move on because this is a horse and we're beating it. Uh, I'm beating it. I don't want to spread my my vitriol to the other two, but um, I don't think this is Jansen's finest hour. Let's just leave it at that. Talented dude, yeah, talented dude. But that's it. All right. Um, So, what did you think of this storyline? I mean, if you could remember initially. What you thought, if not rereading it? Yeah, I mean, I definitely re- like I said, I remembered it. It's being longer and more in depth than I think it, it is. Right, like it isn't that many pages in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things. Um, but it 80. left an, an indelible, like the the entire premise left such an indelible, indelible memory for me in terms of Madripoor. Like I've always loved Madripoor because. Yep. And I and I, I think it's I mean obviously it's these issues that these these like issues these these chapters that set the tone and, and establish this place is this mysterious place in the Orient where it's you know all kinds of of uh, 
of, of bad business happens. And I, I, I just, I'm always here for a magic war story. Like, and I haven't ever since. So, yeah. uh, and I got that same vibe this time. Um, even though I, I, you know, it's like the first time you go to a, uh, a, a Six Flags or Disney when you're a little kid, you remember it as being just cavernous miles and miles long and, and unending rides. And, and, and then you go as an adult with your kids and you're like, oh, there's like eight rides. Oh, okay. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, a, it's like a half a mile, you know, but it's kind of the same thing here. Like this was a much shorter, tighter, simpler story than I remembered it. But, it, but as we always say, when we reread stuff for book of the month, um, I never know how it's going to hit me on a reread, whether it's going to end up diminishing my nostalgia or not. And I'm always understandably most pleased and uh, and and also relieved when when it doesn't diminish my nostalgia. And uh, it, this did not diminish my nostalgia. Like, yeah, you know, you see the things like the, the Claremont wordiness or you see the occasional wonky panel or, or like the what the fuck moments like like the part where Wolverine's, you know, tethered to a like an ox cart and, and walking through a desert. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is an island an Asian island nation, like where's the desert coming from? But, but like, but, but the, but the vibe and the tone and the motif and even the characters, I, I was, I was, I, I, I loved it. I mean, Tiger, Tiger, I think it's great. It's it, the whole setup is great. And um, I mean, if I were writing it, I guess I would have kept the reveal a bit longer, you know, like I would have tried to make it more like, like by the time we get the reveal that she's Tiger, Tiger, like you'd have to be pretty, dim-witted to not know that she was tiger tiger yeah you could you could say that for a lot of the the, re- the reveals in this series yeah, but definitely. that's like, you know you got to give it up to claremont for reaching i mean he could have been complacent and just cooked up a standard superhero fare but i i think he really stretched with this story um and anybody that that pulls william blake into pop culture is is okay by me. I mean, the ghost of you know Tiger Tiger Burning Bright, th- th- that that poem. As soon as you hear Tiger Tiger, anybody that that is is cognizant of that, you know William Blake's poem, it clicks, and it and it and it it sparks. Well, maybe this is more than just standard pop culture crap. Just just conceived to to make the rubes happy and then move on to the next story that was the thing i mean initially way back when i read this i i i was kind of gobsmacked because i was used to the the standard x-men stuff which wasn't bad i enjoyed it but i thought wow this is different i I don't know what it is because i wasn't steeped in noir or the pulps back then but I thought this is really cool. Like this is a, uh, not cut from the same cloth as the regular stuff. I like this a lot. And and the more I learned about genres and 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 tropes and and you know uh, the mechanics of certain types of storytelling, there's a lot on which to chew with this Madripoor stuff because it pulls from a lot of eras, right? It's like a Republic serial of the the the, the 30s and 40s. It's like noir. It's like like the pulps, and and you have all these in, and it's like superheroes. You have all these influences, and and Claremont just stirs them up in this big old wok, and serves you this dish that is 
freaking delicious, man. It really is. I just love these books. Yeah, and, and part of it is the silliness, right? Like, like oh, part of the, yeah, part dude, of the charm is the no doubt and the absurdity, and no doubt that he's wearing a patch and that's supposed to be enough. Like, <laughs> his every name's person, bad. but every person is like, dude, of course you're Wolverine. Like, I'm so glad he didn't decide on wearing a cod piece because that would be uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's our buddy cod piece. What up? And there's just something cool, and we'll get into this when we talk about issues like the idea of of of, of Logan, who is savage and bestial especially when he's fighting and you know is is got this other life like where he's where he's rocking out in 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 a in a tuxedo and 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 playing like you know a humphrey bogart character it's just kind of hilarious and and you know for me one of the draws i always had with wolverine was just the mystery of this guy seemed to have all these different lives you know and 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 but but people have to remember that when these things were coming out, we didn't we didn't have every. There were lots more blanks than than stuff filled. Oh, in. this is pre Weapon X. That's what yeah. I mean. But like, yeah. I think re- readers now may not appreciate that. Like, we didn't know how old yeah. Wolverine was. We didn't know he was James Howlett. We didn't know how how he came to lose his memory, and then we, you know, like all all of that was not fully fleshed out. Ironically, we we of course as Vince we get we get arguably the most famous Wolverine story ever in marvel comics presents much later barry windsor smith where we start to kind of delve into that and 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 as much as i love 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 the bws weapon x stuff i i I do think that like with many tropes wolverine as a character was never the same because like it seemed like if you were gonna write a wolverine story from that point on it had to tie back to that It, it had to tie back to him not having his memory and it frustrating him like and, and it's just and and again there were some great stories that that tied back into that for sure but there were a lot that weren't and it was and it started it got real real repetitive for a long time like real repetitive exactly um i i think that weapon x is the moonlighting of the wolverine saga right the mm-hmm. characters never the same when when Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd, I forget the names of their characters in the show. David when, and Maddie. David and Maddie. When they finally get to that thing that everybody wanted them to do, they fi- everybody finally knew the series was done. It was yep. over, right? So I think Wolverine was far more compelling character when you didn't know. Agreed. The backstory. Now that oh, he's this Canadian Weapon X program, and is you know they they cooked him up in a lab and they laced his bones with adamantium because like I don't want to know that. Don't tell me that. He's he's far more attractive to me when you know he was just a man searching for his purpose. Yep. And now he right. I I was never I I was never keen on the idea of origin i was it was was one series that i didn't think we ever needed to be told the mystery was what was important high five i you know i I get it you know you want to tell it but it 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 was just some things some things should be kept secret we didn't need to know it and um and yeah i mean they, they they gave a little bit away um uh what the hell um Mantlo gave a little bit away when uh, when Mantlo and Mignola 
swapped with John Byrne and, and they swapped Alpha Flight and right. Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. And when Mantlo came on, now all John Byrne created Eugene Puck, Judd. He was like, he's a dwarf. He's just, he's, he's That's a it. small person. That's all you need to know about him. He's just very acrobatic and, and, and he's the dwarf. Mantlo was like, no, no. I'm going to make it so that he is possessed. He has he, he's actually like seven, six feet something, and and that scimitar with the demon. That's yeah, no. that he's holding that in, and that's and and he's actually he fought with Logan like back in the Civil War, and it's like I don't. Why do we need to just? Yeah, I, I no, love you, I, Bill. Yeah, set, just, right. I, yeah, I I really can't say anything bad about Bill Matlow. No, did some of the absolute best memories of reading comics were produced. Yeah, yeah but I don't think that was a great idea. I do not. Yeah, but it also takes away from the book of the month. So, no, I think you're enhancing the book of the month. Damn you! Well, I mean, we're going down tangents with history and whatnot, but it, we're all. I, I mean, we're we're shifting the focus from what John and Chris were doing with Wolverine at right. the time. Um, so I'm gonna. I'll do the sword quest, and then I'm done talking because I've been talking too much. So Wolverine, the series proper, begins with a story um, called Sword Quest, and um, involves initially, at least, a man named Banapur Khan, and he's a nasty motherfucker. Um, he and his pirates down a Sovereign Airways airliner. doesn't say how they did it, but they did it. And they kill most of the crew and the passengers. They dig a giant pit and they bury it. They bury all these people. But they save the ladies. You can guess why. Uh, mm-hmm. And they save the ladies and they save key members of the, of the crew. Um, one of the unfortunate survivors is uh, Kojima Noburo. Now, who's Kojima Noburo? Well, he's Mariko Yashida's personal secretary, which makes it very, very personal for Logan. Um, Anyone who's even remotely uh, attached to the X-Books know that Mariko was Wolverine's... You want to say true love? Yep. Yeah, yep. I, I kind of think it was Gene, but no. Yeah, he. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, it, Gene's the lust, but the, yeah, the, the woman, exactly. Yeah, Mariko is is his Gwen. Yeah, boom, yeah. boom. You're right. You're right, Mariko. So um, Wolverine finds the pit with with the bodies, and and traces uh, the I guess the scent back to uh, Khan and his pirates. And uh turns out the pirates were funded by the cult of the Black Blade. Yeah, an insidious group, which is in search of the fabled Muramasa sword. And they obviously they will do anything to get a lead on where this sword is. Uh because there were there were it was in the wind that a pair of uh, well not a pair. A courier, I just blew it, a courier was bringing the sword to Madripoor. And again, another character that died, poor Kojima, 
he, uh, it, with his dying breath, he tells Logan, you better ensure that this, this sacred talisman does not fall into the wrong hands because it's really, really bad mojo. And he dies. So uh, Logan takes uh, steps to ensure that the courier, the identity of, of, of whom he has no idea who it is, um, is successful in, in bringing that sword to, to the hands of those that can deal with it. Uh, and and the, the courier is Lindsay McCabe. Yep. Pretty much my second favorite character in this whole series. Yep, uh, not surprised. Oh, oh. Made a, made, recently made a return to Marvel Comics in the uh, current ongoing Spider-Woman comic. Shut up! I mentioned that. Not you. I know you always tune out when I talk about Spider-Woman. I'm I do. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm Lindsay sorry. is the new nanny because um, uh, Spider-Woman and, and Demolition Man uh, broke up. Fuck up! Wait, D-Man's in it? He's not he in the old one, the one that, that they, yeah, they, he was yeah. He, in in the and I think the greatest Spider-Man right. He was in the last the last one that was Javier, that Javier Rodriguez drew um and uh, uh, um, Dennis Hopeless wrote. But dude, you've been um, holding out. I mean, you never said D Man. I did. Yeah, yeah they, they were they were it was they were found he they were fiancés and he basically just got he broke up with her because she just never can commit. Like she's always got something going on. So he and she doesn't really want like she doesn't really respect him as a hero. So he bounced, but. Uh, She's got a kid, so she's like, well, I need someone. So uh, Lindsay is back uh, helping out take care of the kid. Well, I'm a fool. Well, then you know what to look for here. This is true. So uh, who's Lindsay McCabe? Well, she's an actress. Or do we say actor now? <laughs> I, no, I, I just want to be clear. I just want to be, yeah. be cool about it. She's an actor. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's um, has, has clawed her way. Um, up to the you know up the Hollywood food chain. Um, she's she was in a, a bunch of stinky movies, but managed to get in in a in a in a cup a bunch of of high profile films. That's very important go, moving forward. Um, and, and so Lindsay McCabe is is apparently the uh, the courier, but she's not. She's a decoy. The real courier of the Muramasa sword. Is none other than Jessica Drew, and I will be forthright with you, fools. No love for Jessica Drew. The Jessica Drew in this series, I love this character. I love her. I think she's great. Even when she and I'll spill the beans. Even when she becomes possessed by the Black Blade, because that's the deal with the the Muramasa sword. It is a sentient weapon that is looking for the ultimate host. And it leaps from wielder to wielder based on the uh, proficiency or the character, probably both, of of th- those which hold it. And it decides, ah, yeah, this Jessica Drew character is not so bad. I will possess her. And it does. So enter Kenichi, uh, Jesus. Ken Iuchio Harada. Now, I'm not going to say that name anymore because we all know him as the Silver Samurai. He's also in search of the Black Blade. And um, once the Muramasa sword possesses Jessica Drew, it quickly moves on because who gets his hands on it? Well, Logan. And the sword is like, hot damn! This is the dude! You are the wielder of the Black Blade. And... um, Things start to get muddy when the prince's chancellor, the prince of Madripoor, 
the chancellors murdered by Roughhouse and Bloodsport, who are employed by General Wen Nakoi. This is the man who is the uncle of Zankoi Man, a.k.a. Karma, of the New Mutants. And the general wants to eliminate Tiger Tiger and assume control of all Madripoor's criminal activities. There's an echo of the Marvel Comics Presents story in this, in that whenever you have a top dog, there's always somebody that wants to take a bite out of their ankle. And in this case, where we had uh, Roche and Tiger Tiger, now Tiger Tiger has assumed control, and this general, um, Koi, wants the action. He wants to get in there. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, though, you're... you're you're leaving off classic comedy in the fight with Silver Samurai because that's what I mean. As we joke, there's so many times where Wolverine's like, "Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I can't be myself because I'm undercover because everyone thinks the X Men are dead." But when he's fighting with Silver Samurai, he's he's internal monologuing that whole thing, and he's saying that like he's like, "Oh, Silver Samurai knows me. He's if he recognized me, our cover's blown. So I can't fight like myself." Yeah. So he like he doesn't pop his claws, and he basically takes an ass whooping. He gets the shit but, kicked out of him. But he's still like five foot three, dude with owl hair and a pet. like uh-huh. a like. It's like, dude, it's I, crazy. I like, had dude. to laugh when Silver Samurai is doing his 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 uh, his workout, <laughs> and he's oh. he's basically in a diaper. Yeah. Right? He, well, yeah. Yeah. It's like and, a, it's like a it's like a like a sumo wrestler type of a. Yeah. Yeah. And and Lindsay's there, and she's like, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's got the mask on. He's got yeah. the mask on, and he's got his hair hatchet part right in the center, yeah. you know, Keanu Reeves style. And he's wearing a diaper. And now, I also had to laugh again. Someone, maybe because the two probably aren't as uh, laser-focused on Spider-Woman throughout her history, but I have to laugh about Jessica Drew getting possessed by the Blade because uh, – like that's another trope of Jessica Drew. She's always fucking possessed by somebody. <laughs> she just wasn't her own comic, but she of course wasn't secret of it. Like she's always like someone is always taking her and turning her evil. Yeah. Like it happens all the time. It's a tr- it's another trope where like oh Jessica Drew she gets she she gets taken advantage of. It's like all right. I know we need a Spider Woman for for marketing purposes, but I don't think we need a Spider Woman. I don't understand. I mean, I love Jessica Drew, so you're not going to get any support from me on this. On I, this, on this I, I wasn't hot on the first. I mean, I like Jessica Drew more than I like Spider-Man, so I don't know. I mean. Uh, see, you're just, you're just wacky in the head. But um, that Marvel, was it Marvel Spotlight with Nick Fury yeah. on the cover and, and, and Spider-Woman? Like, I bought that. I've read it. And I'm just like, this is unnecessary. I don't need to see this. But it, it was a spider. It was a tangent. Chill Spider Tiger title, so I bought it, right? Mm-hmm. As I did all Marvel comics back in the day. But I, this, this is Jessica Drew, dude. I love the sequence later on when her and Wolverine are measuring dicks, and she's like, "Follow me up the wall, bitch!" And she's got a mini skirt on, like a mini dress on, and she's just crawling up the wall, like she doesn't care. Yaya's hanging out, and Wolverine's just like, "Hmm." Like he's trying to keep, he's trying to keep up with her, and she's just like, "Come on, baby!" And I love that sequence because she she knows she's beautiful, does not care. She knows what she's doing to Wolverine. I may be reading something into it, but whatever. Into it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever. 
And the way that Buscema draws it, her skirt's all hiked up and she's clawing into the wall. And Wolverine's like, "Ah," like he's gasping because he's looking at, you know, the gates of heaven. I love it. But anyway. I also love that the sword changes Jessica Drew's outfit. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, but it's it's yeah. a good yeah. outfit nice, though. Like, super slutty, like black, like oh, so leather thing with like all well, open open spots up her thigh. Look at the way Basima draws that that costume. There's nothing underneath that. Oh no. Yeah. She's got holes or or slats in the in the sides of the costume from the ankle up to her shoulder. She's naked under there. Yep. Mm-hmm. By the way, I wanted to mention because so much of the story does center around the black blade. Um, there's some confusion out there about this in that this is not the Muramasa blade that we most recently saw in 10 of swords. This is no, I didn't first... think it was. Well, no, you, I know, but I think a lot of people think it's one of the same. Cause they're like, Oh man, the Muramasa, this it, Muramasa has played a huge role in Wolverine stories from this moment all the way through. Right. But this is the first Muramasa blade, the black blade. Then later on, well after Wolverine gets his memories and we start learning, like the what now we call the Muramasa blade came into play, and uh, and obviously that's uh, like, but that that is a different blade. And I know I'm harping on the visuals, but Big John draws Lindsay in in uh, one part with mm. a, a geisha girl yeah. dress, yeah, tiger embroidery, slit yeah. up to her. Never mind, when, never mind with the slit, but then when it gets damaged and she shows up yeah. to, to interrogate. Mm. John, you know, I, it, it, it makes me want to get verklempt and, and tear up just how great John Basima was. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it, and it, it's his, this, this visual voice that Basima had is inextricable with my childhood. And and as I get older, I reflect on the guys that really made a huge impact on me back then. Obviously, mm-hmm. Kirby. But Big John, like, he was omnipresent at Marvel when I was a kid. You couldn't get away from him, even if you wanted to. Right. And it, to to revisit this stuff, it just – I don't think we do enough for the people that really provide these these lasting – Memories. I mean, you don't know. You don't do enough until it's far too late. That's the the the, the cosmic joke, right? If if you could realize what the stuff is going to mean to you when you first encounter it, you will take steps to ensure that if you're ever in the presence of the person that created this stuff, you would give them their due, right? Hence the push for heroes to make exactly. sure we exactly. do that exact thing. Yeah, but I mean, as a kid, I'm just like, oh, yeah. John Basima. I like this guy's stuff. It speaks to me. It's powerful in a way that Kirby wasn't powerful. Kirby was was primal powerful. John was elegant Michelangelo powerful. There's a big difference, right? And um, I just, I, I, even the Avengers, who I have no love for, I could even revisit those books and just like, God damn, this is so good. All big facts. Yeah, my language now. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'll be completely upfront with you. I, I cannot turn away from anything that Big John drew. It's impossible. Whatever. So we got to the murder of the Chancellor um, by Roughhouse and Bloodsport. 
General Coy wants a piece of the action. Um, there's a great sequence that follows where Karma tarts herself up to gain... I mean, I never saw this before. Karma tarts herself up to gain access to the palace. She shimmies on up to the guards, and they're all like, holy shit, she's got a red dress on. She she waltzes up, and they're just like, oh, come on, you know, I'll bring you into the back room eventually. She's like, what? This doesn't happen. Um, and the kicker is, the the prince gets his claws into Wolverine and the whole group, and he's he's about to bring the hammer down. He's like, wait a minute. Young lady, come here. And she's like, yes. And he goes, are, are, are you the American actress, Lindsay McCabe? And he's, she's like, well, yes, I am. And the prince is absolutely a diehard super fan of Lindsay McCabe. He's got movie posters and the dresses she wore in the movies and, and, and facsimiles of, of, her, of her body. Like, he's crazy for Lindsay McCabe. And it, that gets them out of trouble. He's like, uh, uh, may I uh, bother you for an autograph? And it's like, this is the most powerful man in Madripoor. And he's humbled in the face of an American B-movie actress. It's great. Yeah, it's ridiculous that he's got sta- like replica statues <laughs> of each of her roles. Yeah, It's so creepy. But the great part of it is you can tell he... He worships her, not in a sleazy way. Like, he doesn't want to get her in bed. He just right. thinks she's awesome. Like, he, he doesn't exert his power as the prince to say, you're going to take them clothes off or I'm going to kill your friend. Like, he doesn't do that. He's very respectful to her. Like, her friends, if they're okay with her, well, they're okay with him because she's Lindsay McCabe. Oh, my God. This is great. <laughs> it's like, like that new Nicolas Cage movie where he plays Nicolas Cage. Yeah. It is the most ridiculous thing. you do forget though even even back even even as as recent as these comics in the the late 80s early 90s like the misogyny was strong not only the misogyny but the violence against women like 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 the the scene after like the where where roughhouse just walks up to like oh he's a pig Lindsay and and jessica are just walking down the streets of madriford having a chat and then he's completely doesn't know who they are he's Walks up behind them and grabs them both around the waist and like and, yeah kisses. starts making out with your foot, forcing kissing them like it's ridiculous like it's like now of course the next page like they take him to task and say you know you do that but like it's still like yeah but like and then Lindsay's like I don't know Jess mate you know he's he's the size of a Mack truck just leave it be and it's like so that where like we're supposed to leave it be if a a big dude like grabs you and starts making out with you like you're supposed to to grin and bear it because you don't want to like. Uh, it, it did that, that that particular segment didn't re, didn't didn't age too well. No, nah, like, it doesn't translate mm-hmm. well. You you know Oof. that if it was uh, contemporary storytelling, he'd be sending dick pics. Roughhouse is sending his dick to everybody. He's just texting his dick. Yeah. He wants he wants to get in the pants of all of the ladies, yeah. not not just Jessica and Lindsay. You know, I got to give him points for good taste. But he goes up to to servant girls like everybody, and he's like, "Hmm, you, you want to you know go in the back room?" They're, they're like, "Yeah, as if, no way." Uh, but this seek this storyline also introduces Archie Corrigan, who's an awesome character. Archie is an African American pilot who is. Uh, 
friendly with Wolverine. Like I, I wouldn't say they're friends, but they're they're acquaintances. Like they know each other. Yeah, they're like mercenary buddies. Like, yeah, they, you can tell they've like they've done shit together. They've probably been, been on some missions, but you know, right? And um, uh, Bloodsport gets to Archie. Well, Ruffos and Bloodsport, but Bloodsport kind of marks him with this goofy handprint on his chest. And um, uh, there are parts in the, of this story. Like, there's one part where um, Karma gets so pissed off. At her uncle, that she breaks a glass, like she just shatters this wine glass in her hand, and she she gets cut. And Bloodsport, it's a sleazy, sleazy se- sequence. He he walks up to the table and he's like, you know, he's talking to her, and he just dips his finger into the blood. And and so now there's a bond between Bloodsport and Karma because I mean, as much as she wants to uh, deny it or dismiss it, there's a link there because he's tasted her blood. He 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 knows he knows the, the the her physical character now, and it's the same with with Archie. Like um, Bloodsport marked him, you know, and uh, the, the the reason being he wanted Blood, uh, Archie to to take out Wolverine, shoot him in the fucking head. You're gonna have him up in the plane, kill him, and Archie can't do it. But Wolverine knew he was gonna do it. It's Wolverine, right? Uh, but Archie couldn't do it, and so that in, that that increases it, it, or it cements the association between Archie and uh, Wolverine because Archie shows up later, and Archie's awesome brother Bert shows up later. <laughs> but uh, it, it's a cool storyline. It, it's a, it's a basic story. It's just a, yeah. you know a, 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 not the the Michael Moorcock Black Blade of Blue Oyster Cult fame, but it's a Black Blade that is sentient and possesses its its wielder. So could be the Black Blade from Cultosaurus Erectus, but whatever. Um, that's more Elric, and uh, it, it's just a case of of um, a weapon being bandied about, and who gets the weapon at the end, and, and it's its um, ultimate host. I don't think we should say. Let them read it. But it's a character that we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. That the the blade um, decides that it is a very suitable host for uh, it, and this character will continue to use the blade for a while after this, right? Yeah, good a good while. Um, yeah. Next is that goofy Marvel Age Annual story. That's just uh. yeah, it's just weird. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Um, I enjoyed it at the time, but I think the hypersexualization of Ileana is a little smarmy. As I'm aging, um, I thought it was hotter than shit um, <laughs> 20 years ago. And, and part of me still feels that way, but I, I, get, um, I, get, I get pangs of guilt when I find... Ileana fetching because what she's got to be at this point what is she maybe 20 oh she's not older than 20 yet as uh well she'd be the same age as karma right and karma is a grown woman in this all right so so let's just say Ileana's 21 so it would make me feel better Mm -hmm. yeah so um Pick it up from here. Take it away. Somebody. Well, Jason. Well, um, 
I mean, you were, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I guess you're talking about like the start of Hunter's Moon. Is that what you're talking about? Sure. If you want, yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. Well, so, and, and again, most of, most of this is written by Claremont and drawn by Buscema. Um, but, uh, not all of it. We'll get to that. Um, so the, the next, it's kind of, I mean, it, it is all continuation of the same story, but, but, but the next arc is called Hunter's Moon. And, uh, Again, the kind of like really, really thick with the pulp. You've got, you've got uh, Archie and 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 Wolverine in this, uh, you know, old like Spruce Goose looking plane, you know, like like dual engine propeller plane, flying, and uh, they're reminiscing, and and uh, Arch is like, you know, talking about uh, his background and being a numb, and and like he opens up his shirt, and you see Bloodsport, um, Bloodsport's handprint, so. We didn't really say, but Bloodsport and Roughhouse, the the ne'er do wells who work for uh, for for Koi, he the the Bloodsport is like a he's a mutant vampire. He doesn't like suck people's blood. He puts his hand on their chest and basically can extract their blood through that almost yeah. by osmosis. But then there's also like he then has a connection connection to them. Like he can track them. He can yeah. he can kind of like sense them. So um so so Arch has been branded if you yeah i guess it's like a yeah it's like a branding it almost looks like he's been branded like with like a hand yeah, so, so like cattle yeah, yeah exactly so yeah. so arch is kind of unfortunately branded by bloodsport and uh and and all of a sudden the 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 plane gets riddled with bullets another plane shoots it down uh and uh and they crash into uh into the jungle um which uh you know isn't isn't it that's uh I mean, I can understand how Logan had no problems with it, but I'm kind of surprised that like Arch is like is like good with it. I guess he, they land he, in the water. So. He was in Nam, which was mostly jungle. What, is that, what, what, what does being in Nam have to do with your plane crashing? Like, how you? I mean, he's just a human, right? He's resilient. He survived Nam, didn't he? I guess. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. I guess. Um, and and then we we flash to uh. We flash away from that, and uh, we get to Landau, Luckman, and Lake, which is yeah. a, a, another entity that will that will forever be making its appearances in in Marvel. Um, a, a a a key piece of the early Deadpool uh, comic, and uh, yeah, Joe, and Wolverine Joe, too. Yeah. yeah, but and Joe Kelly run. Um, so, uh, but I assume this is probably the first we've ever seen of it. Um, and we meet Chang, Poor Chang. Uh, who you know is like oh, it looks like Alfred, Batman's Alfred. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's named Chang, and he's a magic horse, so I'm assuming he's Asian. But to be fair, our boy John—I mean, John, John and Al don't don't exactly draw him to look very Asian. So I don't know if that was a like a, a misstep or because they certainly draw the characters to you know that look a little more on. Even Jessica looks slightly Asian. Yeah, I think that's more because of that they have her wearing, like, like clothing that evokes that era, right? More than like how like, I mean, she's still just a pretty brunette, I think. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, and I will say, by the way, as I'm looking through these issues, like I, I didn't, I don't love the Wolverine patch like fighting outfit very much. Like just the plain black, like wife beater, like black pants. Like I'm, I'm not. 
I'm not like a huge fan of that. I I very much do like some of his other looks more. See, they almost lost me when the the orange and brown comes in towards the end of this. I mm. thought I, I thought that was totally unnecessary. Mm. Yeah, I'm not there with you on that. I knew. I knew you wouldn't be. Um, we also get a, a glimpse of a metallic sort of super armor costume uh, at, at, uh, at Chang's place. Um, I see. Before. I had a question about that. Yeah. Wolverine commissioned that, that armor to be made. And mm-hmm. I'm. it looks to me like the OG Polaris armor. From from the Steranko days, right? It's yeah. That I mean, it's not that. I didn't. Uh, okay, good. I'm glad you confirmed right, exactly. that because I didn't think it yeah, was, yeah, but yeah. it looks a lot like it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's got a little bit of Mystique vibe going on too, with the face mask. Albeit not pointy, but the fact that it's a it's a modeled face, like there's a nose in it and, and lips in it, and it just completely covers her face. I got a, a little bit of Polaris by way of Mystique look mm-hmm. uh, from Storanko. Yeah. Or Neil Adams. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. See, I, yeah, I I thought I was bringing us up to the end of this storyline because this is pretty much when the prince encounters – well, there's a an interim. But this is when the prince encounters Lindsay and just fawns all over her. But there's somebody that shows up in a pair of issues that's very yeah. that's very notable. And who's that? Well, see now you got me confused as to where you're, where you ended up. Your, your, your well, I ended at the I ended at the Mister Fixit issue. Oh, okay. So you covered this whole. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm peeling through these pages and thinking. Okay, so all right, hold on. So what issue is that? Eight. That's well, a, we get we seven. seven, right? Yeah, seven. seven. Yeah. So, Mr. Mr. Fix-It. Now, this is interesting because um, I – so I'm – like I, I didn't – I want, I meant to go back and look. When did Peter David introduce us to Mr. Mr. Fix-It? Like how long was the Hulk Mr. Fix-It at this point? Oh, boy, David. Uh, you have a better memory than I do. Oh. It, w- it was – talking. I'll let you know. It was definitely before – pantheon hulk definitely oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah yeah and i think it was after the mcfarland run because jeff purvis was on the book right and and purvis followed mcfarland right yes. uh it's it's a literal interpretation of jekyll and hyde no no i'm, I'm not i'm actually speaking chronic like specifically like, like he was probably mr right. fix it for like what six to eight months before we see him here. uh oh no i think two Joe years fix it was number 324 uh but what does that mean as far as when it actually came out i will i will let you know okay well because because issue number seven of this is is may of uh of uh what year um 88? Is it? It's later than that, isn't it? Is it 89? It might be 89. Yeah, it must be 89. Um, yeah, so... so and, and for those that don't know, Mr. Fix-It is a version of the Hulk uh, that Peter David created and was a, was there for a big chunk of his story, to, of his time on the book. Uh, he was great gray hulk and he was smart hulk he 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 had his full full capabilities full mental capabilities 
Um, and uh, he was a gangster. He worked for uh, a gangster um, named Berengetti. Uh, and, you know, because it's Marvel, he wasn't like a gangster, like in the um, purely evil criminal. Like, he was kind of like a Robin Hood gangster. Like, he was a gangster, but he only really took aim at other ne'er-do-wells and the like. And so uh, the Hulk works for him um, f- for a long time in, in the whole, in the titular Hulk book. Um, and it was interesting. Like, I remember thinking it was pretty cool. Um, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun, you know. But, it, like, you know, the Hulk's in a million iterations and, uh, and, and, and whatnot. But, but he gets called in to, uh, to, to get involved here uh, in, in all of this business um, with the prince and the like. So... Uh, and then we meet the prince, who is an like an absurdly designed character. I think. What? Uh, <laughs> dude, one boot up higher than that. Him. One boot up high, and the one <laughs> that is ridiculous. Nah, dude, he's got the striper pants so going on. Thing. He's got the striped pants, but no. But I think whoever uh, who did the colors, um, uh, Mike Rockwitz, like he, I think he must have gotten tired of that, and they just started drawing him with the with the with like the orange pants. <laughs> Like he stopped doing the, the tiger stripes. I think he was just like, "Fuck this." He's about five. No, he's about ten notches below Fu Manchu, but style yeah. styled in the same mold, albeit with hair. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but listen, but it, Mr. Fixit is the fucking Hulk, so he's huh. you know. <laughs> I mean, imagine if you had the Hulk as your as your as your mobster henchman, you know. Uh, yeah, but be- Mr. Fixit only comes out at sundown. Correct. Yeah, yeah. correct. Um, and uh, right. No. Well, that I mean, sure. Um, and uh, he and Wolverine end up, of course, as you would expect, um, having a run in, but then eventually teaming up. Um, and this is, by the way, when all of this is happening, is is the time when we were saying that we we hear we see Lindsay getting paraded around the. The, the shrine to her by the prince, and it's, it's really ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, he's like, I mean, like, it, it, it's just ridiculous. Like, he's like, now that our business is out of the way, on to more enjoyable pursuits. And I just can't deal with it. Like, he walks them into this room, and it's like this gigantic circular room with like the old, the, the movie theater posters of each of her roles. And then right in front of it is a full, like, lifelike statue of her in the costumes like yeah it's just so stupid like, as and what's it, crazy is that she's not freaked out by that like she's not like we need to get out of here right now this no. guy's a freak she's an actress <laughs> she absorbs that kind of stuff but yeah as ridiculous she was as in, that she was is in demon blues a sorority <laughs> succubus at yale <laughs> which is awesome <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. She's my gal. I love she her. She was in Last Train from Moscow as the hero spies Gal Friday. Stop. She was Cyber Witch, <laughs> the high-tech punk at Bad Girl Sorceress from the future. Oh, before we move on, um, can we give a little bit of a... of a? Uh, on the one hand, it's, it's accolades. On the other, it's side-eye. The way Claremont makes up words on a whim. Oh, for sure, yeah. For, uh, the, these are the the two. Every time he dropped this term, I giggled. His his two inventive terms for the ne'er do wells: punk boy 
which ha- no one has ever said in the history of <laughs> the we'll never again say. No, punk boys and bully boys. And for Wolverine to say, yeah, get your punk boys out of here. Like, that's one thing. But then Jessica Drew says it, and another character says it. And it's a word that just popped. Like, if you were playing the Wolverine Claremont drinking game, and you said, you got to drink every time he says punk boys, you would be totally inebriated by, like, maybe three issues. He just throws that word around like popcorn. And then he gets tired of it after a while, and he switches to bully boys, which is not a term either it's just no one no one has ever said yeah you and your bully boys better get out of here it's so much fun but that's the thing with claremont he's such a drama queen and i'm i'm not being i'm not being negative at all i find it very endearing that he takes such what a sandwich eating drama queen yes (laughs) he's nobody's gonna well maybe they'll get that um do i have to use that to i have to now <laughs> i have to hmm. uh, he's very particular and very flowery with his language but and and we all bag on him but in the end you remember it right it's the stuff of our our youths and so yeah. it's it's not a bad thing mm-hmm it's just yeah, that- and, and you know, we learn too a little bit more about uh, why Karma is working for her uncle. Because again, we all, until this point, all we'd ever seen of Karma is that she's one of the new mutants and then uh, a pure hero. And, and now she's now she's you know sitting here working for her uncle, who is a crime lord, and uh, she's doing it because her brother and sister were kidnapped, and she's convinced that he's the only way. To help to he can he's the only one that can help her find them which seems pretty ridiculous like if you take a step away because it's like you used to be affiliated with the x-men like yeah i would think they have a lot better chance of locating just about anyone with like say cerebro hey yeah uh, but they're dead so well they're no, dead, they're dead. So you're right. yeah you're right you're right yeah i guess you can't go and hit up any of those <laughs> those 18 telepaths that you have to be oh, super tight well. with can't yeah. find gateway or nothing. Um, <laughs> you got to go work for your crime lord uncle. I um, mean, I, but, but not only did the prince's outfit change, so did Tiger's outfit from the armor to to, to borrowing, you know, Psylocke's eventual look. That, sure. that 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 does remind me the purple with the hood. That reminds me of of Betsy before she uh, before she switched bodies with Quan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, according to comics.org, which is a really crappy site. Uh, the first Mister Fix It is Incredible Hulk three forty seven. Yeah, see, it's weird because three twenty four mm-hmm. is. What, what's the date on your date on that? September nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, okay, but, so yeah, so it's like six months before this issue. But I don't, I don't know how accurate that is because there was seriously the, the, the Return of the Gray Hulk was three twenty four, which was written by Al Milgram. Peter David didn't take over for another couple of issues, and okay. I'm pretty sure Mister Fix It may have shown up before the, the the issue Vince cited. He was gray, probably Mr. Fix-It. Uh, Not full-blown, though. Uh, maybe about a year before yeah. this issue of Wolverine. Right, right. But... Um, Caleb may know, actually. We'll, yeah, it's we'll very that. cumbersome, this site, but I'm trying to find when Mr. Fix-It ended, and uh, it goes through 89... 
Um, See, so I'm looking at, at, at the Hulk.fandom site. It says, first appearance Joe Fix at Hulk issue number 324, created by Peter David. But according to Mike's DC index, that Peter David didn't write that issue. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure where... It, it, things are a little muddled at the moment. Yeah, um, I, th- I think it at least lasted until 1990. Early 1990. So you got a good two years of Mr. Fix-It. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking here. Now this says... Because right. Simonson did a, a four-part or five-part miniseries. Um, mm-hmm. At least the covers. And uh, I think Dale Keown did the art. But um, I don't believe that was Mr. Fix-It. So he, somewhat into 1990, Mr. Fix-It lasted. So maybe a year and a half, two years at the most. But I thought the character was pretty neat in that the Incredible Hulk was always based on um, Jekyll and Hyde. Now mm-hmm. they they just made it, you know, apparent. Like this is the inspiration. They took it and ran with it, and I think it was a neat idea. But making him an enforcer, you know, for the mob was kind of novel. I thought. Yeah, for sure. No, oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Who doesn't want to see the Hulk in a in a tailored suit? Right. Who doesn't? Yeah, and that was the thing that I was giggling about before. Where Hulk comes out of the shower, and the hotel room is littered with purple pants. <laughs> There's a note saying, "We know who you are." Yeah, he's all <laughs> salty about it. He's like, "What But that sequence is followed by what I think is the single best page in the entire epic collection, and it's Basima's rendering of Lindsay working at the Princess Bar, uh, singing torch songs. That page is amazing. It is. It's great. Okay, so I'm on uh, my comic shop. Mm-hmm. Mr. Fix's first appearance was Hulk 347. He yeah, was a great Hulk for a while. Right. But then suddenly he shows up in Vegas as this suit-wearing mob enforcer named Mr. Fix-It. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, it, yeah, and, and that, that, that has a cover date of yeah. September 88. Right. But yeah, so Fix It is apparently uh, Baron Getty, who Fix It works for in Vegas, has dealings with Koi, and so they bring Fix It over to uh, to help uh, get things right because Wolverine has been fucking up Koi's business, in particular his uh, I believe it's opium trade. So Fix It comes over, and uh, and a dude tries to shoot him in the face right away, and uh, comedy ensues. It's like what are you nuts? But that's and the then thing. by the way, talk about. I mean, again, we're we've been giving our boy Busema a lot of praise. Got a call foul in the in the, the end of issue number seven when when Fix It falls asleep on the bed and turns back into Banner. <laughs> he's fucking one eighth of the size of a human being in that. Like he's completely like. Because he shrinks down and so yeah. you just see his suit. You see Banner like sleep, asleep. But like he's a puppy. Like if, if you look at his head, like that bed is either forty times larger than a normal bed, or like Peter's a pygmy. Nah, I'm not I having mean, not it. Peter, uh, Bruce is a pygmy. I'm not having it. It's true. No, nah, Big John is unassailable. It's like Olivetti drawn. Uh, nah. Big, uh, 
the baby. Baby Ariel. Baby Hope. Baby Hope. <laughs> not, I'm not having it. Baby Olivetti was trying to channel Big John. <laughs> fucking baby. Fucking Olivetti cannot draw babies. He just he can't. <laughs> the fuck, dude? What's the monkey? What happened, what happened to Ariel Olivetti, by the way? Oh, he's still doing stuff. Yeah, is he? He, did, he did yeah. some DC stuff recently. And what about Daniel Acuna? Like, what happened to him? I don't know, but I wish he would come back. I really oh, like yeah. Acuna. Well, he, yeah. Did, he, yeah. Did, he did Black Panther stuff with uh, Coates. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, Pla- the Planet Wakanda. Yeah. 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 I stopped yeah. Reading Good stuff. Um, and by the way, like, uh, <laughs> like, it's just, like, some of this stuff is hilarious because. <laughs> So in that same issue Vince is talking about, issue eight, where where Hulk wakes up and he's got all the purple pants, um, <laughs> they're back at the bar, the princess bar, and Lindsay is fucking singing like a lounge. She's a lounge oh, singer there. I now. love it. I love it. Yeah, but like, as we just established in the previous issue with the prince, she is like one of the most famous actresses in the world. This would be like Jennifer Lawrence deciding to become a lounge singer at a dive bar just on a whim. Like it makes for, no sense. It works for me. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know about you know, one of the most famous. Yeah. The, nah. I. I think okay, she's some B movies that the how, prince how falls in it? love with. It's yeah. Like, I think she's maybe Paris Hilton famous. I don't think this is Madripoor. Really this, this is this is this is Madripoor. Yeah, she like, was. So, so, so because Prince knows about her. Doesn't mean like the people in he low town. He doesn't know about her. He has an entire shrine. But he's the her. prince. He can afford to do that. So you're <laughs> saying he's got, a, he's got a shrine to seventy three other actresses too? No, I'm saying that the people in low town <laughs> and the rest of the fucking Madripoor aren't really going to give a shit about some he's, American actress. He's got a. What um, I'm saying is, that if you're an actress that not, that some dude gets statues built of you, and you've been the legit like headline star no of, of a handful town, of movies, though. this is she's just, not a lounge singer. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And she is I'm in that sure, panel. I'm pretty sure it's just an act. I'm it, it, it's all just a setup so that it's they can working get for me. Going. It's working for me. How about the part where she she pretends to kill with the with the fucking knife? And, and she's, yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. ah, and she's all bloody and shit. She's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I just happen to have some, some makeup. Blood, some blood packs. Hey, you never know. You never know. But the thing we didn't establish uh, to this point, I think it's very important. Was that Tiger Tiger, while she is a crime boss, she won't truck certain things. Right. Um, yeah. That, drugs right, is one. Right, right. Yeah. And prostitution is another. Right. Which is, uh, you got to think that Admirable? that's a, that the bottom line, that's a huge, a huge cut in, in your take. But mm, she does. She, she, she will not do that. And I think that's what. Not endears her, but that's what gives her a, a longer leash with Wolverine. In that there's certain things that she won't do, um, and that's where uh, General Coy wants to get a part of that action. He's like, "All right, you know, you do that, you do your thing, and I'll do my thing, and we won't have any problem." Uh, but he wants more than that, and so um, dot 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 intrigue. But yeah, of course you, and I love that. Uh... No sooner do they make the joke about we know who you are with the purple pants that Patch, who's all dapper as fuck in his tuxedo, he's got the the like the gray jacket with the black. He's looking good. He's looking good. Uh, and he and Fix it meet me up and Fix it's got this fly ass white white suit on. Yeah. Um, but of course, because they got to they got to beat the joke to death, 
uh, a petroleum truck um, uh, fucking splashes Mr. Fix-It, like drives by and splashes with a puddle, and he's pissed about that. So he Hulk jumps onto the fucking truck, and, of course, it's full of petroleum. Yep. So, although they say it's industrial sledge afterwards, but it's, I mean, it, the, the truck is called Madra Pet, as in, like, Madripoor Petroleum, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and, of course, then the Hulk is covered in all of the sludge. He's pissed. And, and he's pissed off, and Logan's like, dude, you stink, you better change. And, well, I mean, since his suit just got fucked up, what does he have to change into? His purple pants. Love it. Love it. It's the best. Yep. Even though he'd have more than one suit with him. He would. Because he fell asleep in a different suit. But can you imagine how much it would cost to have a suit tailored for the Incredible Hulk? Oh, for sure. What? That's a lot of fabric, man. Look at poor Robert Bruce in the bed. He's like a little head. (laughs) (laughs) Little baby case. He's a gummy poopin. Or baby hope. Yep. Uh, You can't see it because you read the original issues, but there's a pinup between issues uh, eight and nine that was drawn by Liefeld. And it's just atrocious. <laughs> yeah, I know he's your boy. But nah, nah, we just do. Yeah, yeah, nah, Like Wolverine's cool. thick. He's been eat- he's been eating too many Oreos. Mm. I, yeah, those thighs. They're fucking. Just, look at it. He's got cankles. <laughs> um, and shoulders with the wrist. How big? He's got Popeye forearms. And, and <laughs> he doesn't even have a wrist. His hand is just. By the way, just so you know, um, we we get the pinups and the issues. They're in the back of every issue. Oh, yeah. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> um, and in reverence to uh, Jolly Jean Colon, we won't talk about issue nine. Right. We're just going to. Well, bring... we do need to talk about it in the sense that that um, I did a little reading to see what happened. And, and as you might guess, this was a, a classic fill in issue. Mm-hmm. They had gone to the, the Twice Monthly and, and, and uh, they just. John, as much of a machine as he is, just couldn't couldn't get this one done. So they the uh, they arranged for for this issue to be done, and basically said, uh, you know, to um, uh, Gene to no no said to uh, Peter David um, who wrote it, you know, hey, we we need to fill an issue. Like, uh, you know, you got any ideas? And uh, so he said he had this idea based on uh, what was it? Um, Oh damn! Um, Deer hunter or something? No, no. Fuck! You got a pretty mouth. <laughs> it wasn't deliverance, deliverance? either. I mean, although this did remind me of deliverance. It's kind of like deliverance. Said, yeah. It wasn't what he said he was inspired by. Either way, I'll have to, I'll have to find it again. But, but yeah. So this this issue is written by Peter. Issue number nine is written by Peter David and drawn by Gene Colan. You're thinking, oh, that's dope. I gotta say, as as yeah. Vince alluded earlier, this is an absolute like. Travesty it's, it's, of a of a of a of a of a mark on Gene Colan's career. It is super rough. It yeah. is like I can't even believe this is Gene Colan. Like you could have shown me these panels and asked me for a hundred names, and I never would have come up with Gene. Nah, Colan. I think the the it has the air of Gene Colan. I mean, it's not, there, there there are certain panels that are unmistakable mm-hmm. Gene Colan. Like yeah, you when, get the mouths, the when, eyes. They they're definitely yeah. yeah. When Gene splayed the 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 digits on the human hand, you could tell that it was Gene. And there are certain panels uh, here and there that are really nice, but they're few and far between. And when Wolverine shows up in the red or the the blue and yellow. You just want to die. It's like 
that's a Lego. Like, what yeah. are you, what are you, yeah. what are you drawing? It's just really yeah. bad, really. Bad. It's really bad with, with this with this hip displacement. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's it, it, it's it's actually sad, man. Like like I'm like man, like it is. This is probably some group of readers' first exposure to Gene. Cole yeah, and they were like what the fuck. In some panels, Wolverine has one fucking tooth. He's got Dude, that, when he taps his claws, yeah, they're like first of all, they're they're all they're, they're like, like the secret worst figure. Yeah, there's no space between them. Like, there's they're, like they're all connected together. Like they're three, just, and 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 yet they look like 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 uh, ice picks. But it's there's ridiculous. there's one panel I, where Wolverine looks like he has a blue catcher's mitt on. His yeah. hand, his one hand is ginormous, and yeah. the other one is bent at such an impossible angle where it's like I'm just going to dislocate my wrist for this. I, I, I and I, I really really hate. To, to bag on Gene because Gene was amazing. But look at the time at which this issue was created. Gene was on the downward slope of the bell curve. Sure. So you got, I mean, take it with a grain you, of salt. You, you need to find those old Daredevil issues, those old Batman detective issues. Fuck to really that. Get, Howard or, the or, Duck or, or Dracula. Nathaniel Dusk or, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, if you want to see Gene in top form, Dracula. Right. That's it. And Howard. But. Um, this is not that, and 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 uh, the guy had to eat, and I'm glad they employed him for this. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a Wolverine book. Shit, you know, it's a payday. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's no, it's rough. But um, issue ten is whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Before, what do we do? before we get to issue ten, and 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 do you, why is my dog barking? Because your dog's barking. My dog's not barking. My dog's barking. Yes, because my right, kids came back from the prom to change to go out. So yeah, and I guess uh, nice. my uh, <laughs> after issue nine and before issue ten, we get another pinup from the Wolverine Gallery. I thought for the longest time, I thought really the only work by this man did for Marvel was an issue of Ultimate Marvel Team Up. But here's a pinup by Matt Wagner. Yeah. It is. I had no idea. I love you, my man, but it ain't good. I'm not saying this is the best thing Matt's ever drawn. No. Don't hear me say that. I'm the, just saying I thought. The thing that know. saves it for me is the sewer grate, which makes me remember the burn mm-hmm. sequence with Wolverine in the sewer. Just, yeah, there's there's better detail in the yeah, environment he's in than than the figure itself. And the color is just yeah, yeah. No, the colors are whack. Yeah. Nah, yeah. they're, they're just, just crazy. Breading, but yeah, they're crazy. So, uh, yeah, no argument there. I, it's not horrible. It's just when I think of Matt Wagner, I don't think of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, everybody's cool. got to start somewhere, you know? Nope. Right? <laughs> <He's a fool. laughs> so hey. Um, issue nine, issue ten, is the eight. It's inked by uh, Bill Sienkiewicz. Yes, penciled by uh, John Buscema. But it's the age-old battle between Sabretooth and Wolverine. Uh, Sabretooth, of course. Well, it wasn't age-old back then. It's age-old now because it's been done ten times over. Right, but it it, it was the uh, the the germ. Yeah, I'm saying that this was like this was. I mean, like you you said it like, oh, here we go again, another another. It 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 feels like oh, another battle of Sabretooth, but this was like this was the, you know, like this was an early version of that. It wasn't. It wasn't like yeah. 
oh, basically the story is Sabretooth manipulates Wolverine into trying to make him better than what he is in order to craft a more suitable foe. Because at this point, Sabretooth can take out Wolverine whenever he wants. Like, he's just far more formidable uh, a fighter. Um, he, he kills Silver Fox, which uh, leaves an irreparable scar on Wolverine. Yeah. And, I mean, now it seems like old hat, but you're right. At this point, this was, uh, this was novel. This is the issue, by the way, where we get the Jessica... Yeah. Running up the wall in her. Uh, Ooh, lordy, look at that! <laughs> yow, yow, yow. She got her MC Hammer garb on. She's all. Yeah, this, I mean, they're way better, fiercer, more impactful Wolverine Sabretooth battles in comics than this. The, it, there are, but I mean, this establishes establishes the manipulation that. Sabre- no, it does. It does. Yeah. But like, yeah, I'm just saying, like, it's. It, yeah, no, it does. I just, I didn't. Whereas some things, some tropes are, are are created and then just overdone in the future years. Like I think this was maybe some clay, but but there were better versions of the Wolverine Sabretooth battle. I'll be totally time. honest. The note that Sabretooth leaves pinned to the the uh, ne'er do wells at the end: "Nobody kills you but me, bitch." Especially today. Yeah, because it was his birthday. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, damn, the Sabretooth man, he is tough. Oh, he, yeah. He knocked the shit out of, out of Wolverine. And then I think Sabretooth, over the years, Sabretooth's potency diminished where Wolverine's increased um, because of his uh, stature as a star. Like, Wolverine was the, 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 the golden child next to uh, Spider-Man. Of the Marvel Universe. Right. So he was in, at one point he was untouchable. Where this was, I mean, if you you go back and read this issue, Sabretooth has no problem knocking Wolverine around like a rag doll. Like Wolverine yeah, can't I mean, really listen, do much. Sabretooth became, like he like with many recurring characters, he became whatever the writer wanted them to be. Like, right, mm-hmm. right. There were times when Sabretooth was, was, was tougher than Wolverine. There were times when... They were dead equal, but the difference was Sabretooth was willing to kill, which is hilarious because Wolverine's more than happy to kill. But like there, there were times when he had adamantium, which was supposedly finally what like where it was like, oh, I, he could never beat him because he didn't have adamantium. Now he does. Like there were times when he didn't. Like it's, they pretty much done whatever they wanted with the dude, you know, just right. to, to fit the story that they're telling. Yeah, right, right. And the last, it's not all that unusual for any of these characters that we see a lot, but true. I, I mean, it, it's a shared uni- uh, a shared uh, narrative. So, what one writer does, the next writer undoes or adds to. I mean, right, like, right. Yeah. So it's no, it's, I mean, it's sure. like a stack of books. Um, the next, uh, the home stretch, is the amazing Gehenna Stone affair, which was written by Peter David, where he. Um, Cleans the sheets uh, from his single issue with uh, Gene Colan, and he produces a story that's actually amazing. I love this storyline. And who does the covers? Kevin Nolan. Yeah. Beautiful. Great, great covers. Great covers. Love doing one of those. Basically, um, there exists a cult of Baal, and um, this is my favorite part of this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in recounting the history of Baal, 
um, nasty, nasty piece of business. Um, I don't want to say king of the vampires, but he's he's uh, of godlike stature uh, in terms of evil, and he has. I like my ball. He, he has acolytes, and um, at one point, God Himself sent a warrior to take out Baal, and this warrior was called the Hand of God. And there's an inference in this series towards the end that maybe Wolverine is a reincarnation of the hand of God because he does things only the hand of God could do. And I thought that was amazing to have a character that is so flawed, so base, uh, borderline immoral at times i mean yes he he does family and friends he's beholden to them but there are a lot of things that wolverine will do that other top level marvel heroes won't do so he has that that um you know uh feet of clay type thing going on where to be to have a character like that that may be beholden to the head honcho of everything? God? I mean, that's kind of neat. I don't think they ever capitalized on that inference at all. But I think they should. Because it's neat. That you have a, a, a character that's flawed, like Wolverine, that is, is uh, you know, chosen by God to do something. Yeah. And, and um, the first half of the six issues, this is a six issue arc but the first half of it uh takes place in san francisco uh so yeah, Peter kind of flips the script because because basically it's a uh, logan and, and archie um go to san francisco uh because uh archie's <laughs> got a crazy ass like like, like no brother. be kind our archie's brother bert he's fucking insane he's got he's not in, he's not insane he has a very hard time discerning fantasy from reality Right, and he's he, fucking psychotic. And his his fantasy is based on the cinema. So he right, will, he's, he's like schizophrenic, dude. Like he can't discern reality. But he's he's rel- relatively harmless. Whatever. Right, but he's mentally unstable. But the thing was that um, Archie, uh, the parents or the father, left Bert all the money, and Archie nothing. So there was a little resentment between Archie and Bert, uh, yeah. especially. Because Bert is a little odd in, in, in that his character will will change based on his current infatu his his current cinematic infatuation. Like in this story, he becomes an Indiana Jones type character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because it involves ancient artifacts in which the Gehenna Stone is one. And the thing is, Baal is trying to corral all of the pieces of the Gehenna stone uh, a descendant of Baal and yeah so like so Baal so Gehenna is a biblical city uh, that that was outside of Jerusalem and it was like where all the bad things went and you know your Bible yeah Baal gets killed by the hand of God and shatters the stone which was imbued with Baal's essence all over so there's all these fragments yeah. and like you said now like we're at the point where uh, homeboy has pretty much like assembled a good chunk of the of the stone back, um, and uh, somehow or another, uh, 
crazy ass Bert got his hands on one of the fragments. Yep. He uh, he took a job as a uh, in a museum, and it was basically easy for him to uh, switch the real Gehenna, one of the Gehenna stones for a, 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 a fake, a dupe. And um, apparently Baal's acolytes think they're vampires. Like they wear fake teeth. Yeah, they're like pseudo-vampires, yeah. They're posers. They wear fake yeah. teeth and shit and they don't bathe and their hair is kind of nasty. <laughs> uh, but there's a part in the storyline where they... Baal does start kicking out real vampires, and that's where David. Uh, but the the part that really made me giggle on this is <laughs> fucking Bert is so innocent that he he's walking through the streets of Madripoor, and he sees a lady of the night, <laughs> and he's like, "My, what an attractive woman! I wonder what she's doing out at this time of night." And she's like, "Hey, buddy, you want to go around the world?" And he has no conception about what she's talking about. Um, you know, to use a live and let die, I used about twice. But uh, he's, I love this character in that he's so immersed in the cinema that it, he lets it consume himself where to the point where it just supersedes his identity. Like he thinks he's a swashbuckling archaeologist a la Indiana Jones. He's right without the powers. Okay, but, but he's riding through the streets of San Francisco on a horse. He barges into a courtroom on a fucking horse with a whip. And he's, you know, it's, it's, it's totally ridiculous. But it, it makes for very, very entertaining reading, I think. By the way, can, can Logan and Archie agree just not to be on planes together? Because this is the second time yeah. in where they're, yeah. where they're playing. But like, I'm like, damn, dog, you, you guys, can, you cannot land a plane. Yeah. And, and it just so happens that everywhere a fragment of the Gehenna Stone exists, people start turning on each other. There's a really neat um, recurring sequence where identical twins possess a piece of the Gehenna Stone and they end up, uh, it's pretty brutal, they end up killing each other because the 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 bad mojo from the Gehenna Stone just eclipses their true personalities and turns them into these bloodthirsty, malicious, nasty ass. You know, uh, it's it's like Gollum with the ring. You know, my precious, get away from it. Uh, and and O'Donnell cozied up to Lindsay. Lucky for him, but they eventually become you know at each other's throats not before he, he takes her to bed though. no he hits it and he's you know he's a smart man uh and how I know, about he, then he's but he's about to backhand her at one point oh he when they get an argument he, i'm like he oh does. No, you're not no she gets smacked around a lot as does yeah, jessica does. like i said there's a lot of 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 male on female violence in this it's didn't it feel weird that peter david decided to I mean, I think you kind of teased this earlier. Like, and, and again, this is this to be clear: the brown and 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 mustard costume is my favorite Wolverine costume. Yep. But it yeah, felt we weird. Don't say yep. It's not. It felt weird the that they that they it's had the blue him, and yellow that they had him don this costume. Be, because like, 
the whole premise up to this point is that he's like undercover. Yeah, it's wrong. And he's, and he's in Madripoor. Like, and then he puts on the costume and is like wrecking havoc in Madripoor in the costume. But then the thing that pisses me off is that he's running around the Wolverine costume. And then he gets pissed off that everybody knows that Patch is Wolverine. It's like, what the hell did you expect? Yep. Like, you're running around Madriporian rooftops with the the brown and, uh, you call it mustard. I call it crap. Um, Don't be like that. No. Don't be like that. I will say, the only out for the brown and mustard is Paul Smith. He did it very, very well. He did. It's, 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 yeah. It's a Maybe that's yeah. why you love it so much. But Maybe. if you were a true X-Men fan, <laughs> I that's hate that. No, that's, that's wrong. I hate that shit when somebody goes, if you're a true uh, De La Soul fan. Like, who? what is a true fan anyway? Whatever. <laughs> um, but I got distracted. The panel, when O'Donnell's looking at the fragment and he pulls the gun out of the from the the nightstand and Lindsay is there and the fucking sheer negligee oh my god Basima draws just just a hint of the arch in her back and the curve of her backside that panel even though it's not sufficiently inked I will say uh, it's just amazing Basima man he knew how to manipulate the female form he was a Titan, Titan. I know you don't yeah. disagree. You don't disagree with me. No, nope. but but the whole thing is you know trying to stop um, the formation of the entirety of the Ganestone. Unfortunately, they don't, and it's a one-on-one uh, between Wolverine and Baal, and that's where the the whole mythology of the Hand of God seeps in. Where Wolverine, you know, even though. Um, Baal manages to worm his way into the palace and get in the prince's good yeah, graces. Yeah, he up with the prince. Yeah. yeah, well, wouldn't you? Like, you, you know where the power lies. You want to cozy up to the, the power. and um, But Baal makes the big mistake of being rude to the prince. And the prince, he ain't having it. So he ostracizes Baal. And that leads to the whole battle at the end with um, with Wolverine. And Wolverine takes him out. Uh, it's really neat because like, in the foreground, Wolverine is battling this descendant of Baal who has been consumed with the. Looks like Mister Hyde. I mean, he's like he doesn't really like for like it's funny because like like you said he creates vampires, but like he's got like the opposite of vampire. He's got like a, just a few random teeth, and they're like they're they're smooth, they're rounded, they're not even. Yeah, uh, he looks to me, and this is going to make no sense to you. But he looks to me like, uh, if you've seen the film Dracula vs. Frankenstein, uh, the Frankenstein monster was this amorphous, gooey blob of undefined. That's what he looks like to me. Like this puffy, uh, Botox-looking creature. Uh, It just looks like a low-budget rendition of a vampire to me. But but the really the masterstroke with this whole thing is as Wolverine's fighting Baal, they're going back and forth and they're trading blows. There's a, a superimposed um, memory or, yeah, or that's, mythology. That's, a great, that's, a great, that's great. Where yeah. where you, you see the actual hand of God fighting Baal, the OG yeah. Baal, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it makes you think, wait a minute, there's something more going on here 
where why would they take the steps to overlay the past with the present if it wasn't connected somehow? And I think it still is. I think Wolverine was, uh, at least at Peter David's guidance, chosen by God to be in this place at this time finding or fighting Baal. It's just great. It's the it's 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 um the heroic saga, right? That's what it is. It's the hero cycle. The the mm. the modern hero undoes the or 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 perpetuates the 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 glories of the past hero. It's great. Joseph mm-hmm. Campbell. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. I, if this, I would actually pull the pages out of this epic collection and actually eat them. <laughs> I love it so much. I really do. Uh, and it's just a mystery to me why. I don't I don't try and, and define it. I just love these issues. Just enjoy I, it. I have to say, uh, as far as books of the month go, yeah. I mean, I know we get into... To, to deep discussion on a lot of these things. And and some of our books of the month are more insightful than others, but by far, this was the most fun I've had reading a book of the month. Wow. Yep. I'm glad to hear that. Look at you. Now, wait a minute now. Uh, so, David, on a scale of, of 1 to 10, how would you rate this series? Yeah, he didn't like it. He's ah, that's what I'm he thinking. Like it, yeah. I'm thinking he's, like, he's just like... He just let us talk he, a lot. No, he's, he's just like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's pretty good. But he's got a number. He knows he has a number in his head. And he he knows that it's not going to be copacetic with my number. Because I would go straight to the top and say 10. Yeah, he, no, this is not This is not a 10. <laughs> this is... this Because... It better be above mind, 5. It's, it's above 5. All right. Keep it. I, I think about my think about my Wolverine sweet spot before before the Rucka before b- b- before Miller before uh, your your Wolverine sweet spot. I'm guessing I may be wrong. Is Paul Smith as an X Man? Yes. There's no. I mean, you know those. Oh, those, so those you're talking the issues. The OG four this, issue. This, this no 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 no. I'm talking. Even that, even that, because it's still wow. It, my my sweet spot is the Larry Hama, Mark Silvestri stuff. Mm. So that's what I compare any of the on, any any ongoing Wolverine, not Wolverine in the X Men, not Uncanny X Men, not Wolverine with anybody else. Fantastic yeah. Four. I just so that's which is set in Magic Four. Yeah, but that stuff might as well be subtitled Wolverine Agent of Shield. You know what I mean? He's like a a superpowered James Bond in that run where no, I I think it's great. And I, and if I had to take or leave one, I'd have a hard time maybe doing it. I can see where David's coming from. That that runs really good. The the um so, so I mean that's not far. That's not that far after this. I mean that's like in the no. I think it's starts, in the yeah. yeah it, that 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 should Late be in the, 30s. the third epic book. Um, I would hope because no, yeah, it is. I, okay. I, I have it. That's when yeah, that's, ca- that's when Cable shows up. Oh, biggest dick in the X universe. What? 30, issue thirty-one is when Hama and Sylvester took over. Right. So those that's those are the issues I want to reclaim. Those that that that's that's the epic collection I'd I'd like to get my hands on. But I will uh, buy it for you. 
Oh. It, I mean, it's like this, I mean, because I guess that, I mean, I will. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you're framing it that way because like there's been so many Wolverine uh, eras and like it, the it era was... you're citing as being your like is really like it's just. I mean, it's pretty much the direct follow-on to this. Like, it's it's Madripoor, Art, like Art, Archie Corgan's in it. I mean, like it's it's yeah, it's but, not that dissimilar. It's not. No, I could see where he's coming from. No, but the, it's but, Silvestri, but, dude. It's, it's hard. Silvestri, yeah, yeah. It's Silvestri, and it looks sure. It, it's Silvestri. I mean, that 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 to me that was peak Silvestri. But it, Larry is a different writer than Chris, and and so so there are things in it, oh, and I shit. just I I I you're right there. I finished the bottle. Of course you did. I we've been hearing you poured. I'm surprised it lasted this long. <laughs> Just take it to the head next time. But you know what? While we're on the subject of Sylvester, I think the coloring in Sylvester's X Men did not do him any favors. I wasn't a fan of the X Men of Uncanny X Men. That, that it's whole muddy. Outback stuff that right? wasn't. It's, that mean, was, it's muddy. No, it's good, but it's muddy. But that that. Wolverine stuff, oh. but yeah, I mean, that 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 Helma Silvestri run was was fantastic. Yes, right. You got, you got a little puck Alpha Flight action going on. Got my girl Spiral up in there. I say we wait two months and do another fucking book of the month. <laughs> I, hey man, Lady Deathstrike's in that so, shit. So it, I love her. So, so oh, that's, oh, that's Dragon Lady. Shut up. It's, so there's she does there's, not wear underwear. She doesn't wear them. I'm sorry. So for me. <laughs> This, even though even though we kicked it off because we wouldn't get ha- we would have that if we didn't get this I get that but um, but that's not a good reason to be beholden to something we wouldn't have gotten Sergeant Pepper if it wasn't for you know you're revolver right. no no like, no, you're, no you're, yes I'm just I mean revolver's I, great but I, mean, I recognize it's where not Sergeant Pepper I, re- I recognize the path I know where we had to go to get so I I, I get that but there's just um, it, th- there are little things about what happens in, and and I don't there's there's a line in here where, where Wolverine talks about his claws he's like oh you know it's it, it's a mental flex and it, they'll just pop out and it's like but it's bionic did did, 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 did nobody read the handbook <laughs> I'm like that's not that's not how the claws work I, mean, I don't <laughs> yeah. think Claremont would know that yeah. I think actually I think Peter David wrote that part but I don't know I don't know if it was the editor I don't know if they're just like listen fuck it John's drawing it so I'm not gonna give a shit but at no point there was, you know, I it it's the the inconsistency with 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 the claws in the hands. It's like, dude, I don't. It's it's funny. It's amusing. But it is. It's it's like just there's there's no the consistency there. Just just completely. Can we I, agree? You're right. Can we agree mm-hmm. that the John Byrne issues with Kuan Loon are good, but they're definitely the low spot between. This Claremont and then later the Larry Hama stuff. Oh, I would agree with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I thought I, I thought they were fun. Them, I would agree with that. Yeah. What yeah, do you mean you yeah. you barely read them? I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, I would be able to tell you what happened in in those issues. I'd have to reread them. I think they're good. Um, and and maybe had the former or the latter never appeared, they would probably be my favorite Wolverine. But knowing that this stuff exists like if you put the the Sylvester Hama stuff next to this Claremont Big John I'd have to give the nod to the the Claremont just because of the presence of Big John as good as Sylvester is he's not Big John that being said 
it's tough for me to decide which which run was actually the better run. They're both phenomenal, and uh, I have again, I have to ask myself who I am John, that, I, that I've enjoyed Wolverine to this degree. That's interesting because you so you, and you because Dap, if you if this is your era, like you read, I assume you kept reading into like the the, the text era stuff, right? Uh, a little bit into that, yeah, yeah. I, well, I because, kind of because Gambit was like. Gambit and Jubilee were like hella featured in that. Yeah, I know. I know. Don't yeah. remind me. I I kind of I bought it for I the wasn't, art. I wasn't right. I wasn't. It, it was it was when he started you know losing his nose and the whole phalanx thing and and when they did the the little hologram cover. It I, I the die cut cover was was my favorite. I I, I love that cover with the top secret classified and oh that was issue number fifty. Yeah, yeah that was, that's and, and that's that was, super. That's a good issue. Yeah, and and so so after that. I, I was still with it, but um, but yeah, the, the the those those two dozen issues or so um, before that that was yeah the, the the tech stuff was there, but it wasn't it wasn't the same obviously because it wasn't Sylvestri, but um, but yeah, I I I, I remember Jubilee and Gambit being part of it, but I, I blocked that out. I think I may <laughs> have to reevaluate my opinion on the X Men because. I like to come off as as you know, ought with an H, but there's a lot of X Men iterations that I really like. That that sure. that I, I think of you know when when I think of them, I get kind of misty, like Gateway swinging the fucking rock. It <laughs> should it, it shouldn't mean that much to me, but it does. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, t- just to sum all this up, this was a very, very rewarding experience. It just reminded me of of something I already knew that the the first sixteen issues of Wolverine are pretty near. Well, the f- fifteen issues of the sixteen <laughs> first <laughs> Wolverine. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, are, are pretty damn perfect. Um, and a couple of pinups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dude, uh... it's funny because you know, like I think for a lot of people, um, Adam Kubert is like their Wolverine artist. Like when you talk about like, and and I I think that's like one of the first times when this comic gets to be pretty bad. Right, not because of his art, but I just like I think yeah, I right, I wouldn't go that far as in terms of the art. I think Kubert did a, a very good job on the title. Oh yeah, no, I'm not his art is fine. I'm just saying, but like I don't, I don't have the affinity for Kubert as like this, you know, to use the discussion we had, like a Grail guy, like I like because I I do like very much like his work. Like I do think he's, a, I mean, I I have no issues with his work, but I for me, like I I thought his. His when he became the Wolverine guy, like I thought those were pretty jank '90s style stories. Like we got like a lot of rehashed stuff, like that we had already gotten, but like on steroids. Like yeah, we got, like Epsilon Red, who was supposed to be the extreme version of Omega Red, and we got like <laughs> you know, like Bloodstrike came back and he was all souped up, and like I, the whole, I don't know, it was just I mean, I just thought those stories were pretty weak generally, but yeah, but they looked really good though. Sure. I have a lot of love for Andy just because of his papa. I got you. I see a lot of his dad in his work. Sure. Nowhere near the level of of majesty that Kubert brought to the page, but there are trace elements of dad in his work. So I kind of 
open the door for him a lot. Same right. with a- Andy to a lesser extent. But um, this was also when I was in college and and. So like I didn't these were issues I didn't buy off the stands and I went back and filled them in. No kidding. Well yeah, because remember I said I didn't read comics from from ninety ninety two to ninety six. All right. Let's do that let's if we're gonna get debased, let's get all the go all the way. F Mary Kill, all of the ladies in these first sixteen issues of Wolverine. And you can know well, what? F. Mary Kill is usually three. He was a choice of three. Yeah, well, hence the F. Mary Kill. So, of your pick, of all, let's do the men too because we're an equal opportunity employer. <laughs> so, F. Mary Kill, any of the the uh, men or women in the. Uh, first. Are we doing F. Mary Kill, a man, a male version, and F. Mary Kill, a female version? No! Why, why do you want to split it up? Just do both. Um. Mi- mix it in. Well, F. Lindsay, Mary Jessica, and um, Kill o- O'Donnell. No, uh, that's harsh, dude. I would, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd marry Tiger because at least this way I'd be kept, man. Uh, yeah, that money. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely F. Lindsay. Um, kill the prince. Dap is a man after my own heart. I would kill the prince, F. Jessica, and Mary Lindsay, because I would be happy until the end of my days, because she is a goddess. <laughs> oh, you're hilarious. <laughs> Strawberry blonde, what's wrong with that? Oh, that's what I'm saying. Throw a blonde with some... With some- a full rack at you and you're I'm you're, I'm you're, done you're no you know what it, you see you do me a disservice it doesn't have to be a full rack mm, as, as long as they that's have true. flaxen hair I'm done I'm a sucker yeah there you go all right everybody hey this has been our book of the month sponsored by who our patrons patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics one one no apostrophe go there take a look around images audio polls dedicated slack channel video all the time we give back to those who give to us we make a point and there's also we never mentioned this the care packages we have a round of care packages coming up very soon we'll probably get to it after heroes but uh there's a certain tier where you will get every six months a box of books and it's not crap it's good. No. So we, 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 we aim to do every six months. But yes, yes, yes. You are. Yeah. You, you are. If, and, and yeah. We, no. No. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We don't. We may be late, but we're we're, we're still doing where we're you're going to get what you're up. I think we, it's, a, you know, if it, you can always ask people that are part of that tier. And I think they'll agree that we're maybe not always 100 percent on point with the six months. But but when we do get to the box, it's we make up for it. Yeah, exactly. Same price, by the way. Yeah. If you're crazy, you can. It's 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 the same price per month as the Slack tier, uh, or you can you can. You, there's another tier where you can get both, which some people do avail themselves of. But yep. We, but the Slack is on and popping, so I mean, it's and Slack is on and popping. I mean, if you if you want our stuff, that's fine. You can take that tier, but yeah. the Slack is. I I I think you'll probably get more enjoyment out of the Slack. Yeah. I think so. I mean, just Our, because 
I think our hardcore pa- patron fa- friends fans are are also tend to be big consumers of book on their own. So you yeah. know, it's like we've heard from a lot of people once we started the Slack tier that like they love the idea of the care package and they and they love the care that we put into them, but like they got enough book already. Yeah. You know, so it's like they don't really need more book. They'll take more book, but they don't need more book. But I have to say, there are times um, I will encounter a revelation in the Slack, and I may not comment on it, but a particularly uh, personal revelation, And but I feel it. Like, th- these are people that that matter to me, and it may not seem that way because I don't comment on it, but I can't comment on it because I would become too invested in it and i get um very emotional with people i care I about so yeah so i i don't but rest assured i read them and i feel it but i because i get fucking weepy and i, I, mm-hmm. I it's not a good look but anyway uh, it could be a good look no it's not it's not um in your travels i implore you mm. To fall in love with Simon Hanselman all over again. Because he has just released uh, a one-shot in association with um, Joss Pettinger. It is uh, styled in the... uh, It's a pastiche of a Harvey comic. Which is entirely appropriate. Because it is... Um, in these days, it, it, you know, the world being what it is, we all need a little bit of a pick-me-up, a little bit, bit of a confirmation that that humanity is 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 worth striving for. It's a good thing. Uh, we need a little bit of pep in our step, right? We need to be uplifted. This is called Werewolf Jones and Sons Summer Fun Annual. And Dap hasn't read, hasn't got it yet, so I won't go into it's an it's an anthology. There are a number of stories in here. Some of them drawn and written by uh, our man Hanselman. Some of them written and drawn by, and maybe a collabora- collaboration between Hanselman and Josh Pettinger. Uh, I want to talk about uh, a, a very uplifting tale called. Uh, Autofocus Jr. And it features Werewolf Jones's sons, Diesel and Jackson, and their friends, Scott and Gary. So the buddies are, you know, they're wandering around town, they're looking for something to do, and um, they encounter a dumpster. And it's unlocked behind the supermarket. So they go dumpster diving. And what do they find? But a bunch of porno magazines and some, quote, expired condoms. And they take them back to the uh, uh, Jones estate. And they're looking through the porno mags. And uh, (laughs) young Gary... Um, he grabs a teddy bear because the porno mags have affected young Gary to the point where he um, 
he produces an erection. And he covers the erection with the teddy bear. So meanwhile, while that's going on, Scott rips out one of the pictures from the uh, porno mag. And he places it under a mattress. The mattress has a hole in it. And, uh... Young Gary starts to uh, to penetrate the hole in the mattress. And he's like, man, you've got to try this. This shit's just like sex. And uh, his bud, um, Scott, sees him in the throes of borderline ecstasy. And it, it affects him to the point where he starts humping the teddy bear. So Scott's fucking the teddy bear and Gary's humping the mattress and uh, Jones's son, Diesel, puts the condom on. And he's like, hey, this thing is kind of slimy. I guess expired condoms means used condoms. So... Scott says to Diesel, why don't I pretend to give you a blowjob? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, 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 wait, wait, wait. Just let me put my mouth on you. It's not a real blowjob. And um, Gary says, isn't that gay? <laughs> and Scott says, no, man, there's nothing gay about it. It's not a real blowjob. It's a fucking fake blowjob. And Diesel thinks to himself, I want it to be gay. <laughs> so so he 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 does the deed and he, he puts his mouth on, on Diesel's Diesel's penis. And biology being what it is, uh Diesel reaches crescendo, let's just say. At which point Werewolf Jones enters the room. He's like, Yeah, 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 carry on, boys. I didn't see a thing. Okay, I'm gone. And, uh... <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Scott says, All right, now, Diesel, you do it to me. And Gary says, Whoa, I gotta go home. This is just weird. So, uh, Diesel starts to do a fake blowjob on his buddy. And later on in the night, uh, you know, after everybody has left, uh, Diesel and Jackson get in bed, and Werewolf Jones says, "Yeah, hope you had time with your fuckhead friends. Uh, by the way, go to bed, but watch out for the bed bugs." He's like, "No, I'm serious. We got bed bugs." So in the in the climactic scene of this strip, Diesel and Jackson are in bed, and they're covered with bed bugs. <laughs> they're covered, and Diesel says. Hey, uh, no, Jackson says, Diesel, you know, you okay? And Diesel says, yeah, I just feel kind of funny. And he, and, and Jackson says, hey, hey, you know, my man, it, it's okay. It's okay that you're gay, my man. It's cool. And he says, I love you. And it's in quotations. And it's the, one of the only lines in the strip that's in quotations. And Diesel says, Thanks. 
and it's in quotations too. <laughs> this this strip is amazing. Um, it, again, the cover is is a painting by Simon Hanselman of uh, Papa Jones, Diesel and Jackson accosting beachgoers. Um, uh, Diesel being the more innocent of the two children, uh, relatively innocent, uh, kicks over a, a sandcastle while Jackson throttles, chokes out a beachgoer, and Papa Jones is stomping the shit, beating the face into a bloody pulp of a beachgoer. And um, it's it's beautifully painted. Um, Hanselman is, is the contemporary Norman Rockwell, I think. So if you want some uplifting, feel-good, uh, just, man, these rascals, the things that they get into... It's 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 just um, if you want an elevated cultural experience, check out Werewolf Jones and Sons Summer Fun Annual. But the joke's on you because you ain't gonna get it because it's sold out. Mm. Yes. So if you were in on it, you would have gotten it, but you're not because you're a lamo. So you're gonna pay much much more than the ten dollar cover price for this issue. Um, so get on Hanselman's Instagram or whatever he does to know when he releases these single issues because they go for far more after the fact than the cover price of this issue. But whatever, it, it, it's just a, a bolstering of the human spirit. It is and that's, just it's another reason to get on the slack because that's how I found out about it. Yes, it is so. It just makes me, it's, a, it's an all-over feel-good feeling, right? Just watching the, the perils of youth and, you know, those golden days when, when everything is just open and, and optimistic and, and fake blowjobs. Fake blowjobs. Right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I read this, story, like, no, no bullshit. I read this story and I'm like, oh, my God. Hanselman must have balls of steel to do this <laughs> it's, it's like yeah it's not a real blowjob it's a fake blowjob so oh, come man. on like it's not gay at all <laughs> put your dick in my mouth <laughs> amazing the sneak freak of heroes of it, heroes oh you, you never know <laughs> uh before i get to my new travels wait I before you go jason okay. has said nothing oh yeah you're right he hasn't i don't think he likes hanselman yeah, I don't really like Hanselman. I mean, we've established that. Can you elaborate? All I can say is that you describing it doesn't seem like something. Like, a lot of times when you talk about books that I haven't, I'm not familiar with, I think, oh, that sounds really good. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> that. When you describe Hanselman, I, there's not a moment where I'm thinking, I'm looking at You know what? I think that's part of the reason why I love him so much. Sure. <laughs> I I want to be the pee under your mattress. <laughs> Listen, uh, I I don't doubt he's an incredibly talented guy. You're not I mean, the only advocate for Hanselman. I mean, some. I mean, he's he's getting. Come on, have you never had an instance in your young life where you're like, ah, that dick looks pretty tasty. I think I'm gonna put it in my mouth. 
as uh, as we were talking about on the Slack this week, I uh, I was on the other side of the uh, of the Top Gun volleyball scene. It did not give me a semi. Wait, I don't understand. Now I've been reading those posts. Oh my god! Wait, I'm sorry. Well, how how is Top Gun gay? No, the the joke is that the the volleyball scene is is so homoerotic that that an entire generation of 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 young gay men uh, realized they were gay. Uh, from that scene, uh, I mean, it's more of a tongue-in-cheek thing, but there are certainly some. There, listen, there's there's homoeroticism in lots of things, and certainly a uh, a a uber male bro military uh, uh, movie like that that has you know a shirtless oiled up volleyball scene. You know, it's it's not much of a leap to make that comparison. Well, then again, I don't really perceive the homoeroticism in he-man either so right it must Which be is exactly what you said the last time we talked about this. it yeah. must be me it must be me. and it's just like it's just like all the, the the teenage boys who realized they were straight when they saw phoebe cates coming out of the swimming pool very valid there's a so. line in the new stranger things don't say i haven't I, i'm I've all right barely started it yet yeah. okay okay but it it hinges on the phoebe cates scene in, in fast times. <sighs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. Now, before I get to uh, my new travels, I do want to make it known that the EOC June gift exchange um, is being assembled as we speak. Uh, you, if you, say, yeah, you say the announcement until now when, when yeah. most people have been like, all right, I've heard, heard you talk long enough. I'm out. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that this will remind me to mention at the beginning of next week's episode. Uh, but you know what? If they don't stay to the end, they're not the kind of person that's going to get into the EOC gift exchange. That's not true. It is very true. It is not true. That's, that is a, I'm going to patently call that bullshit. There are, we have established that every one of our listeners from the most loyal to the, to the most transient have incredibly different parts of the show. They like and dislike and fast forward and don't. We have some that, Listen to every episode and fast forward huge chunks of it because we're talking about stuff that I'm interested in. Like people have different tendencies, and I'm sure quite a few people, especially if they're the kind that are listening to it at one and a half or two times speed, which apparently is a big oh, chunk. Yeah, of I don't even punch me in the face. But either way, either way, either way, many of our Slack patrons do it, so we can't be too critical of it. Um, I'm sure quite a few of them sign off before in your travels because it's just not a, just whatever we were talking about wasn't. Well, their then group. it's their loss. But big it's, time, it's their loss. I'm just my saying, man. I'm saying you should definitely bring this up at the beginning of next episode. I, well, had I, I had I thought of it, I would have I would have mentioned it at the beginning <laughs> of this week's episode. Uh, I stay till I the also, end. I will well, also post. I know we all listen to other podcasts. No, but listen to other podcasts. But we. But we appreciate the back matter to the things that we do listen Some to of or us. read. Some so, of right. us do. Uh, Some of this us will also be posted on Reddit, and maybe it'll make its way into the show notes. But regardless. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm sorry. I'm a dick. There's reinvested uh, attention into the Reddit <laughs> group. Yeah, what's up with that? Because I abandoned fucking Twitter. That's why. Right. Oh, I see. So I've, I'm on Reddit all, all day long, as well as the Slack. Um, man, I didn't know the thought world was so big. Oh my god, dude, Dude, it's huge! I know some of those those women are beautiful. That site is such a time suck. Oh my god! But anyway, um, we implore you if you're if you're a Reddit regular, 
comment to the subreddit, 11 o'clock comics subreddit, and maybe leave a comment or two if you want. It's not mandatory, but my eyes are there all day. So if you do leave a comment, I will respond to you. And I'm sure David will too. Jason, who knows what he's doing? He's like Mr. No, I don't know about it. I think Reddit's pretty awesome. Um, uh, yeah, I agree. Aside I, I from the, good. the fucking idiots that think the subject line is the body of the message. <laughs> the fuck is I that just, about? I, I, I do have to, uh, I kind of have to avoid some of the, um, the, the Trek and uh, Game of Thrones. Well, I don't know. It's because people just, it, it's, it's amazing how two people can watch the same thing and be so completely yep. apart in how they perceived it. It's, I understand differences of opinion, but I mean, it, it, these people are carrying on like, you know, Star Trek hasn't been woke since 1966. But um, as far as the EOC June gift exchange, if you are interested in participating, send an email to P Drummond Contact. Oh, Paul's doing it. At G- no, Peter. I'm sorry, Peter. Oh, Peter. Uh, I'm sorry. At gmail.com. P D R U M M O N D Contact at gmail.com with EOC June Gift Exchange in the subject line, your first and last name. And if you have a shipping preference to keep it uh, domestic or international, uh, because we're all over the world, so um, like feces, right? So, so there'll be information on there. The, again, this is also in the Slack. So, if you're on the Slack, you'll see this post. But, um, but we'll we'll have it posted um, on the Reddit and uh, maybe the show notes in your travels. Uh, this is a book published by Oni. Uh, it is called Chef's Kiss, and it is absolutely wonderful. And I really was expecting, I kept turning the pages, expecting the whole um, big misunderstanding or friendship disappointment. I was waiting for that shoe to drop, and I'm happy to say it did not. This was a refreshing story, basically. Chef's Kiss is about uh, Ben Cook, who uh, who actually wants to be a writer. Uh, he uh, recently graduated. He has a uh, he has three roommates: Rachel, Liz, and Tom. Uh, but Ben is Ben cannot find a job. Every every uh, every copywriter, every editor, every every job he's looking for, um, they all want experience. Obviously, he just graduated. He's twenty two years old. There is no experience. Uh, so he's uh, keeps regretting those phone calls home, calls from mom, letting him know, you know, he still hasn't gotten a job and uh, wanders through the neighborhood and sees a uh, help wanted, no experience necessary sign window hanging in the window of a restaurant. So he applies and he is met with uh, he meets Liam. And Liam is a strapping blonde man, and uh, and Ben's heart skips a beat a little bit. Um, but they uh, they Ben gets the job there on a trial basis. Each week, for the first few weeks, he has to uh, he has to prepare a dish on the menu, uh, 
and uh, and Watson is the taste tester of the restaurant. Watson is a pig. If Watson likes your food, you survive the week, and then you try again next week, and after the third the third week, uh, you become a member of the team. So there's Liam the Crush. Chef Davis is the owner of the restaurant. Uh, Mel and Amelia also work at the restaurant. So Ben uh, shadows them and, and learns the recipes. And the final week, aside from that last recipe, he has to um, do himself. He also has to come up with an original dish that will make its way to the menu. But um, the just the 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 book is is written by uh, Jarrett Melendez, illustrated by Danica Bryan. The art's fantastic. Colored by Hank Jones, lettered by um, Hassan, who I am not again. He 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 lettered Abraham's book retroactive, and I'm not going to try to butcher the man's name. Um, but this was an absolutely fabulous book. I really really enjoyed it. Um, art's nice and clean youngish type of uh art style slightly manga but not um not that that's super apparent the little um little comic trips here and there with uh with sound effects and when they're moving into the to the new apartment but it was a um there is a bit of a uh is he or isn't he situation going on with uh with liam where ben is is wondering if um, if there's any sort of future. Ben's parents show up, and now he has to uh, face them and and uh, and come clean as far as uh, the copywriting job he doesn't have. And and uh, it, it's it's just it's really well written. I thought it was a um, it's 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 a sweet all done in one graphic novel story so it, it's it's a uh, it really i i had expectations going in just because of based on past stories and 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 how they kind of play out and what to expect and you know this they hit certain beats and you just know that something is going to happen um that, that, that there's a moment where um ben's best friend uh she's going to take over the yoga class and you know he's going to be there in class to, to to support her. But and I was concerned that you know one of the one of the big reveals at the restaurant or one of the, the, the something was going to happen where he was going to not make it to the yoga class. And that that that's one of those things where I was just expecting. Yeah, this is where you know their friendship kind of gets tested, and and that didn't happen. Happily, that didn't happen. It just it it it's a pretty just straightforward tale. Um, I just, I really liked it a lot. Ben is extremely, um, relatable. All the characters are, uh, seem real. And, and I, uh, I, I will look forward to future stories by Jarrett and, uh, and I'm going to keep an eye out for, um, for Danica's work as well in the future. But, uh, but no, Chef's Kiss from Oni. I liked it a lot. I think you will too. You're right. My uh, my cohorts are forgetting about uh, in your travels supposing to be short and sweet. So uh, well, maybe if the book of the wow. month would go on for three hours, but uh, what whatever. the hell? Right? I guess you know, I'm just saying. We're, I guess uh, someone's. I guess someone's sleepies. We're going on and on and on about freaking grandpa. I will say before you go, crazy food truck number uh, volume one. You were right. It's excellent. Of course, yeah, of course, naturally, it's excellent. Um, 
in your travels, uh, Fantagraphics fan Norama, uh, even though I was busting on Samuel Hanselman just now, um, something uh, somewhat certainly it's in his same uh, wheelhouse, uh, although uh, probably a little bit more uh, in the uh, violent side of things, and that is uh, Flayed Corpse and Other Stories <laughs> by Josh Simmons and Friends. Uh, this book, I believe, came out in 19... Uh, I mean, in 2018. It's fucked um, up. I got it last year with one of those fanographics, uh, you know, 50% off sales. Uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. I'm, I'm, it's it's pretty simple. It's, don't need to go deep on it. It's it's Josh Simmons with a bunch of uh, collaborators telling really, really transgressive, violent, and funny uh, stories in an anthology format um, where Simmons draws each in a very different style, really shows off his chops as a storyteller. And it ranges from silly, like a, a Godzilla monster that shits all over a town all the time. And so they have people have to spend their whole, whole day and night cleaning up the shit uh, to, uh, to really, really grotesque, like serial killer uh, um, uh, satire, but uh, definitely not for the faint of heart. Definitely very, very gory, very gruesome. Uh, but, uh, but if you're in the, in the mood for that kind of ilk, this was a terrific, uh, a terrific example of that. And I'm glad I finally had a chance to read it. So flame corpse and other stories. And I'm based on Vince's giggle. I'm sure he's quite familiar with, uh, with Josh Simmons. Oh yeah. Even though you lowballed it, I concur. <laughs> and I give them credit because on the back and the Fantagraphics and T-shirt it says rated hard R ultra depressoid, which I thought was clever. Yeah. I think it's more NC 17. I agree. Yeah. I love it. I love Josh Simmons. His Batman story is great. Yes, Batman and the Joker being the last two people on on yes. Earth. Yeah, funny stuff. Great stuff. Uh, he's another one of those guys that does not hesitate to push the envelope. That's, oh, for sure. That's why I like Hanselman a lot because he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't mm-hmm. care what you think. And if I was ever in the same room with him, I'd ask you all to leave. You'd you'd give him a fake blowjob. In a second. (laughs) All right, everybody. We love you for being here. We will be back next time, hopefully with more Wolverine, if this episode's an (laughs) indication. That's Uh, episode 800 next time. It is. We have some surprises in store. Mayhap. Mayhap. Please come back. We will have a hot and or cold beverage of your choice waiting for you, maybe a sandwich. Go to Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, and Facebook. We're all over those places. And in the meantime, uh, 11 o'clockcomics.com will give you everything you need to know about this episode and many more. Patreon.com slash 11 o'clockcomics shows you where the EOC familia resides. And do yourself a solid and say good night. That was resounding, wasn't it? Jennifer Lawrence is a beautiful creature. True. That fappening stuff, not flattering. I don't think. But I think she's beautiful. What else, Jason? Let's push this as much as we can. Because I know you want to get out of here. So I think we should push it. Mm. Oh man, you're no fun. You know what? You better lighten up for heroes, <laughs> dude. It's late. I have to work, dude. What ifs? You don't even have to go to work. You're at work right now.
David. Oh, this is the part where Jason and I pretend to like each other. Okay. <laughs> pretending now. Man, I love you. 800 episodes of pretending. That's, I that's really, a hard trick to pull off. really do. The fact that I love you is what keeps me here. Dude, I would give you a goddamn kidney. Oh, sweet. Hopefully I'm I don't not, need one. But I'm cool. not kidding. I would give you a kidney. I'll, I'll, I'll say I would give you a kidney, too. I would give you a testicle. <laughs> I don't think you can do testicle transplants, but... Well, if you needed one. Appreciate that. I would give you a testicle. It would be bigger than the ones you, you got. You need your testicles after a certain point. <laughs> nah. You'd get all virile and shit. <laughs> yeah, so I guess oh. you get, if you have to get your right. testicles removed, do you, like... I guess you have to start taking Dang. testosterone, right? You have to take what? You have to start taking testosterone, right? I don't know how it works. Yeah, I would assume so. I know that the she-males that I watch, after a point of taking... I'm just saying. After a point of taking female hormones, they can't ejaculate. Like, just... Well, whatever. All right. We're out of here. We love you. Come back next time. Do Jason a solid and meet us at Heroes if you're going. If you're not oh, going, yeah. if you're not going, maybe consider going because there is a massive. It boggles the mind how big the EOC contingent is going EOC to be for for life up in there. Jason has organized some kind of it's like Mex- the NWA Wolfpack era. Yeah, the Mexican thing you got going on is crazy. Uh, yeah, that's okay. That's got nothing to do with. Anyone listening to this other than a very uh, select right. few, so well, whatever. But mezcal, whatever. All right, we'll we'll be here next time. We love you. Come back. Tell them that you do love. Them. Oh, most definitely. They know who they are. So convincing. Oh my God. That's it for that one. <laughs>